regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. And off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. I'm Jacques Hopkins, and here with me as well as our co-host, how's it going, Dr. K? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? That's great to hear. Uh, Man, I'm doing well uh, as well. This is episode 148, and uh, this is a good one. We've got an interview with Tim Shields coming up shortly. And man, I've been trying to get him on the podcast for a while. He's just always head down working on the next project with his online course business, but we finally got it scheduled. Yeah. Incredible amount of value. The guy's guy's really bright. People are going to learn a ton. Yeah. And I'm trying to, you know, take, take, take some, um, take some things away from, from Tim's work ethic. Cause I, I'm kind of head down over here on my side, working on the newest version of, of my piano course. Did I, have I told you that, that that's, kind of my big project right now. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'd heard different directions. I mean, I, I think I saw at one point you were going to take a small group through a, a live mm. thing. And so, no, I didn't, I wasn't aware that you were re-recording a newer version of piano in 21 days. So yeah, tell me about well, it. Well, that's part of it. I think this, I've, I've, I've redone it like five times to the, to this point. It's over seven years old. Um, and the, the current version that's in the course of uh, of uh, the current version of the course that's in the portal is several years old now, and okay. it's it's pretty good. It gets pretty good results, but um, that was before I even moved into this particular studio. I've got new equipment now. I I you know I'm better on camera, but I want to you know always th- take things to the next level. Sure. And so if I'm going to go through the effort of re-recording my entire course, I want to make sure I do it as well as I possibly can. So some of the steps that I'm taking to ensure that are I've paid several people to audit my course. And nice. uh, that includes one actual piano teacher and then two, two students who have been through my course and had great results. So I've got, in fact, my, the audits are sitting right here. I've been going through them in great detail. Not that the awesome. people listening on podcasts can see that. Um, and then another thing that I'm doing is, as you can see here, um, I've I've cut out a bunch of pieces of paper with with there's basically 21 pieces of paper here with the lessons on them and I'm just like scattered them around my desk and just make sure everything's in the right order that it should be in. You know, course design is mm-hmm. it's an interesting topic in and of itself. We spend a lot of time talking about marketing on this show, marketing for your courses, traffic funnels, uh, but at the end of the day, your your actual course and how well it can transform somebody is is one of the most important aspects. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe we don't spend enough time on that. But um, but the audit and going through this process have revealed some very interesting things about how the course could be better. And then, yeah, like you alluded to, I am taking an actual group of, of eight students, eight people that applied for this through my curriculum live. And I'm calling it the Piano Boot Camp. We actually have done two of the 21 sessions so far. It's going really, really well. And I'm taking them through the new version of the curriculum, not the okay. old version. And that's my way of testing out these findings, right? So I got the audit. I've, I've redone things on my own. Okay. I kind of have a, a tentative new curriculum. And there's some fairly decent changes to it. 
And now I can get real-time feedback from eight people actually going through the new curriculum and I'm going to compete, complete this first and then record the new version. Okay. So how, how often are you doing those live sessions? Twice a week. We okay. do it every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 PM. Hmm. Yeah. So it's going to say, it's going to take several weeks. It's going to take 10 mm-hmm. weeks to get through it all, but I didn't want to overwhelm myself or them either. Mm-hmm. So that's going really well. So those are some of the, some of the things that I'm going through to relaunch the course. And I'll be honest with you, it's, this might be kind of big news, breaking news, but I might not relaunch the course on ClickFunnels. Really? <laughs> We've talked about this some, but uh, I know that, I don't know. It, I'll be interested to see which one you pick. Yeah. Say I don't, I do not, it's not, I'm not hiding anything. Like I, I have not picked anything and I'm not saying it's necessarily not going to be on ClickFunnels. I just, you know, as we've discussed before, ClickFunnels course side is limited and I'm not moving off ClickFunnels. I'm still going to use it for what it's best at, which is sales funnels. But on the course side, it's very limited. And the more time passes, they still haven't done anything about it. Like it's very, very frustrating that, they, that they're not doing it. But at the same time, they are making improvements on the funnel side. So if they mm-hmm. want to just focus on funnels and let other people be best at courses. Okay. I can respect that as well, but that means that it's time for me to move on to another platform. So I'll be talking more about that in the coming months as I put together this content, start to think about relaunching. And you know, Kajabi is a great place. I'm not saying that that's where I'm going to be, but that's where our interview of today, uh, Tim Shields is. He thinks Kajabi is one of the best places to be for the course, for the course platform, but yet he's still using ClickFunnels for the funnels. Mm Mm-hmm. And I still think ClickFunnels is a great place for beginners to be because the less different pieces of software, the better, right? Um, but that's a whole different conversation as well. Can I tell you about another big thing happening? Yeah, let's hear it. I made a new. I have a new hire. Awesome! I'm really excited. Um, I thought a couple of weeks ago I needed a project manager, and I. You know this this road trip that I went on. I had all kinds of new ideas floating around. And, uh, and I kind of teased some of this when I was talking to uh, uh, Marnie, I guess that was two episodes ago, uh, when I was talking to her about some of these things that I was thinking about. But I, I had so many ideas when I got back home, I started implementing everything, the piano boot camp, the new version mm-hmm. of Next Level Courses, some ideas with this podcast, and uh, I had a really good team in place. But then all of a sudden, I was just spending all my time managing the team, managing the processes, managing the projects, managing the ongoing things. And I needed some help to, um, to manage all those things. So I thought I needed a project manager. And I talked to my friend, Jason Dion, okay. who has been on this podcast a couple of times and explained to him some of my problems. He's like, dude, you don't need a project manager because then that's just going to be another person you have to manage. Mm-hmm. He's like, what you need is a, is, is a business manager or operations manager. And he told me about this thing that I had never heard of. Uh, it's called an OBM, online business manager. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. Well, your main business is an in-person business, not an online business. So um, it's, it's an actual certification people can get to be a certified OBM, online business manager. And typically, OBMs don't work full-time for you. They have multiple clients, anywhere from two to four clients. And they come in and they act like the operations manager or director of operations within your business. And they can help manage the team. They can manage projects. They can manage um, data and analytics. And, um, and I was like, Man, Jason, this sounds perfect. So I went to onlinebusinessmanager.com and filled out an RFP request for proposal. Within 24 hours, I had like 15 amazing candidates in my inbox. 
long story short, I've hired one. She's been on the team for about a week and she's, uh, she's in there and she's, she's kicking, kicking booty so far, but it's only been a week and I'm excited to see what she can do once she's actually caught up in the business. Awesome. Well, what's her name? Her name is Colleen. Colleen. All right. And where is she based out of? Is she United States? Yeah, she's in the US. She's in, uh, she's in Alabama. And so it's, it's, you know, not too far. She, we, we don't live too far apart. Uh, unlike mm-hmm. a lot of the contractors that work for me. So it's, not inconceivable that we couldn't meet up, you know, once a quarter or something to do some planning and whatnot in person. There's there's something about meeting in person every now and then versus versus virtually. That's awesome. So wow, that's really interesting. So uh, yeah, I was I knew that you had hired somebody, and I was like, what would my questions be uh, for you about that? But uh, do you have any favorite interview questions that you ask people? Favorite interview questions? Yeah, I usually ask, um, how do you like your coffee? Are you serious? I usually, well, I, so like in this case, I put that in the RFP because I like to ask, um, not like not all the questions be super professional. Like, let me get to know you a little bit, but also like, can you follow instructions too? Right. So if you're going to be like straight line business, like not even, not even respond to my question about how do you like your coffee? Well, then we probably aren't going to be a good fit. I also think it can tell you something about somebody if they, uh, you know, if, whether they drink coffee and if so, how they, how they drink it as well. Um, so I ask that usually more in the application process. But other than that, you know, I want to know, I want to know about their future, like wh- what motivates them and then where, where do they see themselves in a year, five years? Um, pretty, pretty standard stuff. And it's more about just building rapport. And, and I also really like to see uh, if, you know, what research they've done on me and if they have specific things that they've looked at that they could, they feel like they can directly help me with. That's huge because they've done their research and they can, um, they can start and hit the ground running versus somebody just looking for a job. Right. So really excited very early on, but I wanted to, to share that. And somebody out there might be struggling with the same things that I'm struggling with. Uh, I know I talked offline with, with Marnie, um, cause I had mentioned that to her and she's very excited about that possibility as well. Um, you know, I've got Nate thinking about it as well. I think he could really use somebody like that. And if you, you, if you've read like the book traction or follow the traction framework for running a company, they talk about how you should have a visionary and an integrator at kind of at the top. So one person handles like the ideas, the vision for the company, another person that handles actually implementing those ideas and visions. And, and I've always been both of those roles. And so that's kind of what I'm doing is separating out those roles to where, um, Colleen can go in and implement the ideas that I have. Nice. Man, uh, you must be busy over there in your chiropractic uh, practice because I think um, normally you would have you been wanting to talk about all these initiatives you've been having on your side. Yeah. I mean, I've been uh, yeah, busy with chiropractic, then biking, running, or not really running, but walking my dog, hiking, and uh, trying to get past my annual affliction, which is a nasty case of poison ivy. Oh, goodness. Pretty much happens every summer. So, so yeah, I've had like this spot on my upper arm that's like, I'm just like, oh, heal, heal, heal. But uh, yeah, I'm past the worst of that. So that's wow. uh, a part of every summer as a mountain biker in Iowa. Well, there you go. Well, good luck with that, man. And it's, you know, <laughs> the different perspectives for me and you are, are interesting because uh, an online course business is is like my whole world, mm-hmm. uh, and and you it's just one of your hobbies. Your your main gig is your your in person chiropractic business, and then you 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 have a lot of hobbies. You've got your wife, you got your dog, 
um, and, and online, your online course is, is successful to some level and you're, you're, you're trying to make it more and more successful, but it's just one of your hobbies, uh, as well. So mm-hmm. very cool. Well, let's, uh, let's transition into the interview of the day, Tim Shields, uh, true pleasure to, um, to get him on the podcast. Finally, um, he, he found success pretty fast. He started in 2018 and has done uh, well over a million dollars. Um, re- very recently, got his Two Comma Club award. I met him in person at the ClickFunnels conference, and, and I knew him before that. But that's that's when I had met him uh, for the first time in person. He and his wife. So uh, awesome conversation. I'm sure you'll have a lot to say about this on the back end. So let's go ahead and play the full interview with Tim Shields right now. Tim Shields, what's up, man? How are you? It is so good to see you. I haven't seen you since Funnel Hacking Live in uh, where was Nashville? Yeah, in January, February, twenty twenty. Man, those were the glory days, huh? No masks, <laughs> like no, no, no pandemics. We could just sit right next to each other. Man, we were crammed in there too. We were probably you know touching touching arms. We were so close. There's five thousand people in there. It's like, man, I miss that. I miss those times where we didn't have to worry about that, all this. Yeah, and think about this as well. I filmed you. With yeah. my camera, getting your two comma club award handed to you personally by Russell himself, is he ever going to be able to do that again? I don't know. I don't know. And you know, we because I was getting the award and everything, I got I was in the group of like early access, so I could go in. I remember I saved a seat for you and your wife a couple of times. But man, I, I can see behind you, and you showed me a couple of days ago. You now have yours as well, and I know that's on your mind. Like, am I ever going to get that picture with Russell Brunson? You know. Is he put put your arms around him? I don't know that he's ever going to want to do that again. What do you think? I know. I I actually feel cheated, and yeah. I think what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to take the photo of you holding your <laughs> plaque with Russell, and I'm going to have to Photoshop myself in. <laughs> I, you know, I think I think you're serious. I think you might actually do that. I mean, you're a photographer. I'm a guy. photographer. This is what I do. I'm a Photoshop genius. <laughs> so. Tim, on that note, what, I mean, what does receiving that award in the mail mean to you? Is it significant or is it not significant? You know, it is. This is the best question ever. And and let me just preface this with: um, this isn't my first million made online. This is my my third business that's done way over a million dollars. And um, but I'll tell you, when I got that award two days ago, um, uh, there was a knock at the door. I wasn't expecting it to come. And then there's this thing, it had a ClickFunnels sticker on it, and I knew instantly what it was. And so I work with a video editor, we work five days a week right here in the studio, he sits behind me, and he just instantly picked up the camera and just started shooting. And I just grabbed a knife, ripped open the box, it's all full of styrofoam popcorn, and I pulled it out, and the emotion that came over me, I it it's difficult to put into words just how how many emotions started to come out and then I started to talk and then I got choked up and I, I actually started to kind of cry and I had to stop talking because yeah, men don't cry. And, uh, really what it is, it's, it's that sum total of the fact that I had an idea two and a half years ago. It was just a concept. And then one and a half years ago, I really launched and that, I made something out of nothing, you know, because I sell digital products, which means I'm creating products that I sell out of thin air, like just ideas. And then I put all this stuff together and I package them up and then I make a digital box for them and make these awesome looking sales pages 
and then get a community all hyped up about the digital products and they actually buy them. And that whole thing all together and just how much the business has been such a part of my life and, and my wife, Leah, and our two adult kids. And yeah, when I held that two comic club award, yeah, I just got so emotional. I got choked up because of what it represents. So I'm just so thankful to have it. It really means a lot to me. And it, it's funny. It's like, uh, before I had the award, seeing that it was possible to get it and seeing you get yours, it was like, I almost wanted the award more than I wanted the money. It's the weirdest psychology ever. Russell is a genius for putting this whole thing together. There's, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, man. We're, so we're doing, we're doing a few like renovations in our house, like physical things. And, and we've got this one bathroom that's just got to be completely gutted and, and redone. And, and my wife's like, you know, could we do it ourselves? Could we get somebody else to do it. And it's so frustrating for me because I'm in this world of digital products. And like you were just saying, we can just have an idea and then create this thing. And it's just like, you do some things online. It's, it's mostly not things you touch. And so it's just so weird for me that the, the difference between that and like going in a bathroom and physically doing things and ripping things out and laying tile. I, I wish like, I wish renovating a bathroom was as easy as, you know, redoing a funnel or, or creating a digital product or maybe easy isn't the word, but that's just the world that I live in and I, and I love. And so I totally resonate with what you're saying, but compare that to your other businesses. D- does this one feel more special because it's a digital oh, product? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I think of um, how I started out with uh, t-shirts, selling t-shirts online, and, and there's definitely a creative aspect in that because I was creating brand new t-shirt designs from scratch. And you have to be super creative and have your head right in the game, be dialed into your audience in order to be able to create t-shirts that people are going to buy. And from there, I went into leggings and started manufacturing leggings in China. I took four trips to China. And in total, on with my Shopify store, over two and a half years, I sold $3.4 million worth of t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings and ugly Christmas sweaters, believe it or not. <laughs> but the thing is that when I compare this business I have now to that business, like that business, there's no, I'm not so personally invested in those products. Really, I, I didn't really care about them. I, I didn't love my customers. I didn't love doing what I was doing. I didn't enjoy it. But this business that I have now, this is like the business truly comes from me. It comes from my heart, for, not just my heart, like my heart of hearts is that uh, photography is like life for me. Photography is a part of life. And so for me to be able to help other photographers achieve their goals and create their own art and fulfill their photography dreams, and photography is a big part of their lives too. So it's so fulfilling because it's not just about the money. Because really what you find after you have made a bunch of money is that Making money on its own is not really a good motivator to keep motivating you to achieve and strive and create new products. But when it's products that you're building that are coming from your heart and that, that resonate with you on an emotional level and align with your life goals, it's so different and it is so much more meaningful. I love this business that I'm in now. Uh, it's obvious, Tim. It's obvious that you do, and that's. I mean, congratulations on all the success, and and I know you're you're very passionate about your students having success as well. And I want to ask you about some specific examples of your students here in a little bit. But just to just stay on this topic a little bit, it sounds like 
it's not necessarily the fact that it's a digital product versus a physical product. It's that you've, you've found your passion, you found your niche. I mean, let's say hypothetically, you, you were successful now in like you developed your own camera or, or you just like have this camera store or something. You're still helping the same type of people. Do you think you'd still get that same amount of passion or is there just something about a digital product in a course? I love digital products. <laughs> I really do. Um, aside from the fact that you don't get those complaints that, uh, regarding fulfillment and shipping, where's my delivery? You know, although I do get the occasional one, I never got my download link. Are you guys a scam? No, we're not a scam. But, uh, that was the number one problem that I had with the drop shipping business was delivery problems and fulfillment problems and, uh, order tracking or especially in the garment, the clothing business, it doesn't fit. You know, I ordered a medium and you guys sent me a lot, a, a small. And um, that was a big problem. And I hated that aspect of the business. But with digital, you don't have those issues. It's an instant download. And the other thing is that when you're creating a digital product, um, your personality is coming through in the product. And uh, I think that as a digital course creator, when you're putting out a lot of content, which I try to do and that you're doing as well, you will attract the people who resonate with you and you'll repel the people who don't. And that's a good thing because the people who are, who choose to stay in your community are most likely really going to like every product that you create because they align themselves with your goals and the way you do things. So you're, you haven't been doing this all that long in the grand scheme of things, but you're, you're incredibly passionate about it. Why didn't you start this business sooner? I have to say it was self-doubt and it was the imposter syndrome. No one's going to listen to me. I'm not an expert. I don't have a following. I don't have an email list. I don't have a big Instagram account. Those type of self-doubt uh, statements and also, I'd, I'd say the biggest one, I'm not an expert. You know, there are so many other experts that know so much more than me. They've written books. They have big followings. Who am I? I'm nothing. It's just a hobby. And in fact, before I started this business, I wouldn't even call myself a photographer. When someone would ask, are you a photographer? I would kind of interpret that and say, well, I'm not a professional photographer. I don't make my living off of it. So I can't even really call myself a photographer. And I would respond back and say, well, I like taking pictures. And um, it was difficult to overcome and get over the hump where I finally decided maybe I do know enough that I could teach it to other people. Maybe I am actually a couple of steps ahead of a beginner. And therefore, I have something that I can teach a beginner. And so let's just start there. Let's start with the beginners. And once I mentally overcame those things that were holding me back, especially that one that I'm not an expert, then it was, it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Absolutely. I do know enough. And if I don't know something, I'll just learn it. The, the information is all out there. So that was the thing to overcome. I resonate with that a lot because back when I was getting started, I, I didn't really necessarily consider myself a pianist, right? And I certainly didn't consider myself a musician. And I was scared too. I mean, was there, was there something specific that helped you get over these things? Yeah, there absolutely was. Something you'd so, share? <laughs> yeah, it's such an amazing story. 
It was March 2018, and Leah and I went on a one-month RV trip. She had just recovered from this big operation. She actually had a tumor on the outside of her brain, and she had a major brain surgery. And not brains, but on the outside of the brain, they weren't inside. But whatever the case, uh, she had seven months of recovery. And at the end of that seven months, we said, let's go on a big, huge trip. And uh, we went for a month down to Arizona, Southern California, uh, Death Valley National Park, Grand Canyon, and we were doing photography. And uh, remember, I'm just a hobbyist. And I was kind of in between online businesses. I just I had just sort of sold out of my second online business and I was looking for something new to do. And I said to Leah, by the end of this one month trip, I need to know what the next phase of my life is, what my next season of life is. I need something new. And I wonder if it should be photography. So anyway, we believe in God and we prayed about this, you know, that, that God would kind of send an answer. So literally on the last day of the trip, I kid you not, the last day of the trip, we were in Los Angeles and I wanted to get a photo of the Hollywood sign from the back of the sign. And there's this big influencer. His name is Serge Remily. He's a huge photography training influencer and he lives in Los Angeles. And I thought, I'm just going to send him an email. I wonder if he would ever respond to me. So I sent him an email. Dear Serge, I'm a big fan of yours. I love your photography and I've taken your courses. My wife and I are in Los Angeles and we want to walk to the hike to the Hollywood sign tomorrow. Would you be interested in meeting for coffee or anything? And he wrote back, Dear Tim, I'll hike with you to the Hollywood sign. I'm like, holy crap, this huge influencer with 600,000 followers is going to hike with us to the Hollywood sign. And he's just an incredible photographer. So we start our hike up and he asked me about my background. I talked to him about Facebook ads and the t-shirt business and Shopify. And he said, you know, Tim, I looked at your portfolio of photos. You have some really great photos. And with your experience with Facebook ads, you need to be doing what I'm doing. You need to be making courses. And here's my recommendation to you, Tim. There's a book called Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. You need to read that book and that's going to change your life. So I ordered it that night. It was waiting for us when we got home. I read the book and I read it again and I read it again. And it was just like the light turned on. I knew what the plan was and I went for it full speed, a hundred miles an hour. And, uh, it, it was life-changing. And yeah, that, that's my origin story right there of, of how it all went down. That's a, that's a truly an amazing story. Um, there, there was definitely a point for me that really validated my choice to move forward with the piano course. It's, it's not quite as, um, I, I would say not quite as powerful as yours, but, but for me, I don't know if you've heard me talk about it before. When I got the idea of like, well, I kind of have this different way to play piano. I wonder if anybody else would want to play, uh, learn to play like this. It, for me, it was, it was also March, but 2013. And um, that night, as I was like weighing these things, I was listening to the very latest uh, episode of, of one of my favorite podcasts at the time, Smart Passive Income. And he was literally interviewing an online piano course creator. I was like, oh, this is possible. And, and from there, for me, it was full steam ahead as well. Now, I don't think that I moved or even to this day move as quickly as you do. And it's amazing that um, that, that person recommended Expert Secrets because as, as you know, like that's one of the top resources I recommend to other people. Phenomenal place to get started with online courses. So you start diving into Expert Secrets, you read it multiple times. How, how quickly did you have something out to the world and how did you have an audience to even launch it to? 
Yeah. So that's a really good question because I had nothing and I started a Facebook group and uh, I was following uh, the lead of this big influencer and his big um, audience generation tool is YouTube. So I thought, oh, that's the answer. It's YouTube for me. So I started creating how to tutorials on YouTube and uh, following some other big influencers like Peter McKinnon, who, uh, you know, he has millions of followers. And that was a dead end road for me. I couldn't break into YouTube and I wasted a whole bunch of time creating these YouTube videos that just take so much time to produce and edit and put together and make them look good. And when you're starting from nothing, it's just such a tough gig. And so I wasted time with that. And uh, what changed things for me, believe it or not, was just a $27 product where I uh, launched a $27 product. It's a photography tool, a digital photography tool. And that was the first real uh, income generating thing. And then I gave away a free sample. So I had a free product. And once I had a free product that led to a paid product, even though it was only a $27 product, that allowed me to start building the Facebook group. When I built the Facebook group, that was the game changer right there because there was a community and I was injecting myself into the Facebook group every day, spending a lot of time in that Facebook group and um, stimulating the conversation nonstop and creating contests and just trying to grow the group. And the primary way I grew the group was by giving away that free product uh, with paid Facebook ads. And then in my email sequence for follow-up, I would be driving people towards the group. So when you grow a Facebook group and you're in there all the time, then that is your core group of customers. Those are your best customers right there because they know you, they like you, they trust you, and they see you as being someone who has knowledge that, that they want as well. So that was the game changer was the $27 product. And then it was like, I saw, okay. I can do this. If people are buying my $27 product, next thing I need is a masterclass. Mm. And that's, that's the big financial game changer. Okay. We'll get into that in just a second. So um, to, to talk about what you just mentioned, you weren't necessarily driving ads to the Facebook group. You were driving ads to this free, this free, I mean, it's basically like an opt-in, like a lead magnet, right? Or is it something more than that? It's exactly that. It's a lead okay. magnet. It's a lead magnet. And then once they opt in, on the next page, they were, you pitched them the $27 product and the Facebook group. What did that next page look like? The next page was the $27 product. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't going with a hard pitch on the Facebook group. That's what happened in the email follow-up. So I made sure that in order to receive your free product that you just opted in for, you have to open your email, which of course, as you know, I know with your funnel, that has real benefits with, uh, sort of green lighting and whitelisting your, your emails for, for Gmail. But whatever the case, I sent an email right away. Here's your free thing. And then what's your next step? Your next step is you need to join the community and get plugged in with, with all of us because it's so vibrant and there's so much going on in the community. Here's the link to the Facebook group. Got it. So they opt in. The next page is the upsell. But the first email they receive is the thing they opted in for. And, they, and, and all the benefits they could get out of the Facebook group. Yes, exactly. Beautiful. Okay. And then I'm sure you realized quickly that this was, this was really great for building your audience, maybe getting a little bit of income. But as you alluded, 
um, you, you realized this wasn't, this wasn't the end game, right? So you said the next step for you was a, a masterclass. Now by masterclass, are you talking about like a, a, a full-fledged online course or is that something different? Yeah, full-fledged online course. Um, you know, I had one foray into a beginner's photography class uh, and it was not successful. That was the second product I made was a beginner's photography class, like sort of just a whole, a course for beginners, instruction. Like, here's how you take awesome photos. Here's the course to show you how to do that. And I hadn't yet discovered the secret. And uh, if I was to do it all over again, then I think with my first course, I could hit more of a home run. But there's a secret to a masterclass. And that is, and it's, it's exactly why your business is so successful. You need a system. You need a proprietary system. You need the way, the new way. This is the new way. It's not, the, it's not an adaptation or an improvement on the old way that everybody has failed with. It's not just boring information that they can find on YouTube anyway. It's this new way. It's a system, and your system has a name, a unique name. And that becomes the name of the masterclass, and that's the, the backbone and the structure of the entire masterclass is your proprietary system. Yeah, in, in Expert Secrets, Russell refers to that as the new opportunity, right? As opposed to improvement opportunities. Like when I got started, I didn't just, like, like you said, I have a kind of a unique system. I didn't just put out generic piano lessons that everybody else was putting out or, or that you could find in person. It was, it was, it was a unique system and, and still is to this day. So, but you said that you even went so far as to name the masterclass based on, on what it was. So, so what was it for you and what was the name of the masterclass? Right. So it's this whole notion of, are you, what's the point of your masterclass? Like what's the benefit that you want your customers to have? And it's not just that they're going to get smarter. It's not that they're just going to learn a bunch of stuff. And it's not just for me that they're going to learn how to take better pictures or for you to play the piano better. It's the word transformation. That what I am selling is a personal transformation to my customers. And if you can convey that and package that and make that the true benefit that, that your customers will actually receive when they buy your masterclass and take it, now you have something that you can actually sell. You're selling transformation. You're not just selling this old crap that everybody can get on YouTube. You know, you drown in information on YouTube. It, there, there is so much of it that people are lost, but here's the transformation that you'll get through the masterclass. So the name of my masterclass is the Photography Transformation Four-Step System. And so I structured it so that I broke down all the complicated technical aspects of photography and made it this step-by-step system. If you just follow these four steps, you're going to be able to take incredible photographs and you're going to have a personal transformation through the process. And it worked. It, it seems to resonate with people. And um, I sold it initially with uh, only two live webinars and it's been on an evergreen webinar ever since. That's amazing. So, so basically what you're saying, what your pitch to people is, is that it's not, it's not just about taking photos. It's, it's, a, it's a deeper and more personal level than that. You are going to literally transform into a different type of person by going yeah. to this masterclass. Yeah. My little tagline was, uh, is, I should say is, I'm still selling it. It's not <laughs> just information. It's a transformation. And what's really cool is that my top 
customers, you know, those who engage the most in the group and they bought the masterclass, when they give reviews, they repeat that back, that this, this course was not just information, it has been a transformation. And that's coming in the reviews that are written. And of course, I use all of those reviews, again, in the promotional material and advertising. So to have that kind of a tagline in, in the promotion for the masterclass has really worked. And obviously, it's resonated with customers because they're repeating it back, which I love. I'm, I'm a little blown away right now, Tim. And I've, obviously, we've had a lot of conversations. But one thing I've been just kind of um, really thinking a lot about lately and kind of meditating on is, is, um, is, is kind of like a, a tagline or slogan for, for this brand. Uh, my co-host, uh, Dr. David Crozy, mentioned this a couple episodes ago. And I'm trying to, you know, simplify and break down, like, what am I really trying to do here? I don't know if you're familiar with um, a guy named George Bryant. Uh, he's, he's a marketer. He, he, was, he was in the paleo space a while ago. I've, I've been digging into his podcast lately. It's called The Mind of George, uh, Mind of George Show. Fascinating stuff. Amazing marketer. And one thing he always says, um, and I hope I get it right, he says, um, audience, it's it's either audience or people. It's like people over algorithms, relationships over algorithms. Maybe that's what it is. And so I was thinking about that and, and what, what came to my mind yesterday, and this just came to me, but it's probably a thing because it's extremely similar to what you just said is transformation over information, right? Like I've, I literally said those three words together a hundred times in my head yesterday. And now you're saying that's like your tagline for your course is say it again. It was. It's not about the information. It's about the transformation. Yeah. It's not just information. It's a transformation. Yeah. And look, I think that's incredibly important for online courses, right? And I think most courses out there are just information and not transformation. But I think that's the game changer. Yeah, and that's uh, so. With the first beginners photography course that I created, that was my mistake. And that's why it really didn't sell. I, ne- I didn't never got any traction with it because it was informational. And then I could just see myself like, would I really want to spend $47 on a beginner's course when I know I can just go to YouTube and learn everything uh, for free at my own pace without paying a penny? And yeah, I don't want to pay for something if I can just get it for free on YouTube, but I know that I'm not going to get two things from YouTube. Number one, I'm not going to get a step-by-step mm-hmm. system from start to finish. And number two, I'm not going to have a personal transformation. And so when I keyed in on that, it made a big difference. And then the other thing is as well, it's this notion of having a future-based cause. And I struggled with this for a long time because this is one of the topics in the Expert Secrets book is that every movement must have a future-based cause if you want a successful movement. So I, well, I, I, I really chewed on this for months and months and months and then finally came up with the notion in photography that we, have, we do three things. We explore, and so explore is part of discovery and learning. So explore and then create that's us creating our own art, taking pictures and creating our own art. And the third word is inspire, that through creating our own art, we inspire others and we ourselves will become inspired. So explore, create, inspire. And that's why I'm wearing this t-shirt today. So I created, I have to sit up just a little bit here. So it's, I created the t-shirt for photographyacademy.com, explore, create, inspire. And then I, um, and I had this logo created, by the way, with a, 
uh, a contest on 99designs.com. Mm-hmm. And this was the winning logo. And I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. And um, then I threw the logo onto Teespring and then pushed that out to the community. And on the first day we had something, I think we had like 150 people bought a t-shirt. They paid like $25 to get the Photography Academy t-shirt and then check out the back of the shirt. It says, I don't know if you can see it there, but yeah. And I explore, I create, I inspire. And so there's the future-based cause when you are part of our community. So, and this is, this is my effort at building, building a movement. And so far it seems to be working. I'm not changing the world, but I'm certainly changing the lives of people. Love it. And most people consuming this content right now will be just listening. So if somebody's curious about the t-shirt, is there somewhere? Can, can you send me a link we could put in the show notes maybe to where they could see the t-shirt? Yeah. If you go to photographyacademy.com, uh, down near the bottom of the homepage, we have a big link for the t-shirts. Man, I just, I, I love this. Uh, I love this discussion because it's at such a deeper level than just like, hey, we can make courses and then make money while we sleep and make passive income, right? It's such a yeah. deeper level, right? Um, and so this, it's, and it's been, it's been a lot of talk. And so can you give me more specific examples? Like, what are some, like, can you, can you name names? Like, what, what are a student or two of yours where, where you've been able to help transform them and change their lives? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so many people, just so many people that who write in, especially within the Facebook group or write directly on my Facebook page uh, about the transformation that they've had. But I think of Wendy uh, in Melbourne, Australia, and her photography has improved so much since uh, she started uh, with my masterclass. And then she ended up winning some awards and now she's putting on photo workshops. So paid students will pay to be on her photo workshops. And so, and she's just about to retire from her job right now as a nurse. So this is the kind of thing where her improvement in photography leads to a financial gain in the end, but not just that. She just, she loves doing what she's doing with photography. She's going out probably two or three nights a week to get an awesome sunset photo at some kind of a landmark near where she lives. And her photos are like 10 out of 10. So, uh, yeah, real world changes. And there are so many other stories like that where people have struggled for year after year, not understanding how to be able to take great photos. They don't understand camera settings. They hate the technical stuff. But then they take, they understand the four-step system and suddenly they're able to take the photos of their dreams. Now, one other thing that I just want to throw in here, it's the benefit. So you, in your world, as the online course guy, you're dealing with a lot of people who are selling digital courses that are about how to make money. And when you're selling a course like that, it's really easy to talk about what the benefits are if you're going to buy my course. You're going to make a ton of money if you buy my course, and it's going to change your life, and you'll be able to buy all the stuff that you've ever dreamed of. So it's easy to do that. But when you have a course like what you have with Piano in 21 Days, or with my photography, you and I aren't selling, you can make money, or you'll make more money and change your life that way. We have to sell something else, the benefit, and we have to really dial in tight and drill down on what the benefit is going to be when you succeed through the masterclass. So one of the things that 
that I was able to kind of dial in on and quantify, aside from just, you're going to be able to take really pretty pictures that you're going to like a lot. So you have to be able to quantify it. What is the benefit really? And one of them was, you're going to be able to take award-winning photos. And so that's been something that the people in my community, they're entering photo contests all over the place now, and they're winning awards. And then they win the award, and then they post their photo in the group. Hey, everybody, guess what? We just won. I just won this award. It's so awesome. And, and they feel so good about it, and they're so proud about it. So it's those little things that if you can tap into a tangible result that your students can have when they complete your masterclass, then you're able to really quantify what the benefit to your masterclass will be. And as I said, this is tough when you're not selling a make money course. I couldn't agree more, man. And I think you've got that side of things a little more dialed in than I do. I I really try to sell people on the benefit. And obviously, I'm not teaching people to make money on the piano side of things. But the fact that you can can say, hey, people are actually winning photography awards is amazing. And I want to, this is something David and I have been talking about lately. It's like, I want to have a specific thing, a specific goal that people can reach to. And his, he keeps telling me, well, that, that should be the moment they can actually play for uh, somebody else. Like the moment they can play for a loved one and be proud of it. So, um, that might be, be it as well. But I think Tim, I think that's the one of the reasons you initially reached out to me. What a year it ago, is. probably. You're Absolutely, like, it is. Yeah, I, rem- I remember. I don't know if you saw my ads or something. You're like, "Hey, Jacques, like what really resonated with me about what you're doing is that you're not. You have a course that's not teaching people to make money, just like me. I'm in photography, you're in piano, and you just wanted to connect. I don't think you even knew that I had this whole world with the online course guy side of things. And, and obviously, I really uh, appreciate you reaching out. So. Um, it, that, that sounds like I'm, I'm remembering that correctly. That's what struck you about what you said. Absolutely. Yeah. You didn't know me from a hole in the wall. Right. And I, I emailed you to say, we have something in common here. We both sell a digital course where the benefit is something creative and not a financial benefit. And, uh, I just wanted to connect with you and talk with you like, Hey, there's another guy who's doing what I'm doing. And I was really excited when we were finally able to talk. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and we've obviously, we've talked several times uh, since, and, and we met in person there at the ClickFunnels conference. Um, and and I've, I've had a, just a, a joy every time we've spoken. I think we have a lot in common um, and, and we share a lot of the same values as well. Um, so you mentioned the awards. And one thing I remember you showed me in your business a few months ago is you had like a, an Academy Awards, like some, yeah. something you were doing for your people. I, I don't remember all the details. Can you, can you tell us about that? Yeah. So again, getting back to the benefit that I offer, that I promise in the masterclass, you're going to be able to take award-winning photos. Well, a lot of photographers, they don't know where, uh, they don't know of a contest that they should apply to and submit their photos to. So I just kind of thought, let's just create an awesome contest and let's make like the best awards presentation video that anybody has ever seen. So we created a contest, we made it free to enter And we had around 1,500 entries, I think. And I chose three of our most prolific posters from the Facebook group to be the judges. And everyone in the community knew these three women uh, just because they are so active in the Facebook group. They were the three judges. And we had um, uh, a public voting system through... Yeah, I, I used a platform called Submittable, but 
we had a, a public voting system. So we had like a people's choice award. And then we had the, the judges voting. And since the business is called photographyacademy.com, I just thought, let's make this like the Academy Awards. So we called them the Photography Academy Awards. And when it came time for the presentation, we made this video that like it's, it was so funny, this video, because it really kind of looked like the Academy Awards. What we did, we went to a website called envato.com and we were able to buy a video template that has these graphics of a golden staircase and a red carpet and kind of a big trophy and everything's all golden and everything. And then we bought um, music that goes with it that's like really Academy Award-ish kind of trumpets. And so we, and then I went to fiverr.com and I found a voiceover guy who just does awesome voiceovers. So the, the final video where I'm announcing the winners, uh, it was right in the middle of the COVID lockdown. It was just... <laughs> I just have to laugh because it's just so funny. <laughs> Everybody loved it. So here, it starts out, you got these trumpets going and then these moving graphics that look so Academy Awards as of the staircase and the carpet and, and the trophy. And um, then I find, oh, and then the voiceover guy comes on with his awesome deep voice talking about the Photography Academy Awards. And now here's your host, Tim Shields. And then there I am. I'm standing in my living room, but we made it look as, like, we made it look really, really nice. And uh, so I'm wearing a suit as if I'm the announcer at the Academy Awards. And so then one by one, I went through the, the top winners. And it was just like the most glitzy, professional looking video ever. Everybody loved it. And what the customers loved, the people in the community, was that they were being really officially recognized, like, yeah. like red carpet treatment, silver platter. And so for every category of photography, like we had a wildlife uh, category, and then there was a first, second, third, then landscape, first, second, third, and then macro, first, second, third. So we had a lot of winners. And we were honoring, truly honoring and placing the three winners on a platform in front of the whole community. And it made everybody else want to join. Like they're saying, I want that. I want that. And in the one day so what I did at the end of the video, I showed the video live in the Facebook group. I made really a big event about it. Like, hey, Thursday, 11 a.m., you're going to see the best awards presentation video that you have ever seen. I'll be on with you live. It's live, 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 live. So we, uh, and we did what's called, I call it a live sandwich. So I start the Facebook live and it's me live. Hey, everybody. Hey, Johnny from Houston. And hey, Sarah from Albuquerque, so good to see you. All right, we're going to get going live now. So here we go, and I'll, I'll join you live as soon as it's over. So I press play, and then I go with the pre-recorded video, which was about 15 minutes long. And then I went on live again, and I used it basically as a webinar. So I talked about the principles of the winning photos and what you need to be doing with your photography to be able to take photos like the winners did. And I went straight into a stack and I sold $18,000 of my masterclass in that one sitting right there. So it was totally worth it to do. And now that I'm talking about this, I really need to do it again. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. And I didn't even realize there was like a sales pres presentation at the end. But if you do the sales presentation part of things right, then it doesn't come across as salesy and that you genuinely want to help people. 
And man, you talked about explore, create, inspire earlier. And, and that's one of my goals on this podcast is to help inspire other people. You know, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are feeling inspired by so many things that you've said. And I'm personally getting inspired right now. I love the story about the Academy Awards. And it, it reminds me of an idea one of my students had not too long ago. And he, uh, he mentioned like possibly having like a virtual recital. And, and now that I'm hearing this story from you, like the wheels are spinning. I'm like, okay, we could schedule this thing, maybe like StreamYard where I could bring one person on at a time. I could dress up in a suit. And I mentioned earlier how we could make it a goal for people to kind of get to the point where they're actually playing piano for other people. But maybe, maybe they don't have somebody in their life and that would be a good outlet to where we could do these virtual recitals once a month, once a quarter and, and bring people on no matter how good or not good they are. It's an outlet. And it's an event. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that that would be fantastic. Um, the The only thing that would maybe slow it down is the fact if it's virtual and it's live. Although, I mean, live is amazing, but the the technical aspects of doing live stuff is tough when you're involving a bunch of people and potentially having numerous different guests on at once. So, the first thing that comes to my mind to make it easy, to make it as easy as possible, is that they just send you in a video clip, and then mm-hmm. you go through the top videos and then you will give out awards and everyone will be waiting. Everyone who submitted will be hoping it's one of them. They won't know if they're one of the ones, but um, when people submit video clips, it just makes things so easy for you and you can edit a professional and fast moving video so that there won't be downtime as you know, with what happens on live presentations when you're pulling in different people. But uh you know, getting back to the award-winning aspect as well, one thing that maybe you could do with piano and what we do, whenever somebody wins an award, I encourage them to post in the group. And uh, I will make a big deal about that. And then if there's a really nice one, I'll use that as a new email campaign, just a one-off email campaign. Like, hey, everybody, look at Johnny from Los Angeles here. He just got awarded this blah, blah, blah thing. Look at his photo. Isn't this amazing? And then maybe break it down as to why it's really good and why it's award winning and the, the techniques that you can use from this photo on your photos. And then a little pitch on the masterclass. And it's just such an easy email. And you could easily do the same thing where, you know, what's the equivalent of being award winning with piano? It's that you played in front of a bunch of people. And if someone, if you're encouraging your students to send you video clips, like what awesome email content that is where you just make kind of a blog page and you send an email out to your list that points to your blog page, blog post, and you've got an embedded video there that gives this example of what someone just did. He just played at a bar, you know, he just played Piano Man by Billy Joel in a bar. And um, like what, what student in your list would not want to see that? Yeah. And then you use that as another little pitch for the masterclass. Yeah. I mean, I just got an email a few days ago from somebody that I've never, I hadn't really heard from since he bought the course. And he, he emailed me and he was like, Hey Jacques, I don't know if you remember me, know me, I signed up for your course two years ago. And uh, I hadn't even touched, I didn't even know where middle C was. And next week I'm releasing my first album. <laughs> and that's wow. uh, amazing. And I hadn't even heard from him in the next few years. And we actually have a, a, a zoom meeting scheduled for next week. Because I want to hear about like what have you done the past two years? That's amazing! Like to to have that transformation. Um, but what you're saying about uh, maybe not do the whole thing live. Maybe I could present the recital live and then and then inject the clips. Yes, I think that's brilliant. 
Now, one Absolutely. thing, I'm, one thing I'm still a little confused about the way you executed this is when you're at the end, you had the stack and you're pitching the masterclass. So I'm confused why everybody like attending the awards doesn't already have the masterclass. Uh, certainly a lot of them do, but a lot of them don't because the Facebook group, we're at 19,000 people in the Facebook group alone. Okay. And on my email list, I have 170,000 people. And again, I've been growing that email list by giving away free products and then pushing everyone who has got the free product to join the Facebook group. So the Facebook group and the email list are just so much bigger than the number of people who have actually bought the masterclass. So basically you invited your entire audience to the awards. Was your, did you invite your entire audience to submit the photos or was that only yep. people in the masterclass? Yep. I invited everybody. So this yep. was an event for your whole audience, not just for your, for your paying students. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. Yep. And, and the beautiful thing was now, remember I didn't choose the winners. The three yeah. women from the community chose the winners, but then I was able to look at the names of all the winners, see who bought the masterclass. And then as part of my pitch, I would specifically say that, hey, everybody, I didn't choose the winners, but out of the 25 people who won awards, uh, 75% of them have taken the photography transformation four-step system. And like, it's just such a natural lead-in to Seriously. a pitch. Yeah. Awesome. I'm learning so much, Tim. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk about Facebook a little bit because you've mentioned Facebook several times. You've got your, your free Facebook group. Uh, it, now, do you also have a Facebook group for people that are in the masterclass? Yes. Got yeah. that as and well. I, I know you're doing a lot of Facebook ads. That seems, and, you, and you go live on Facebook. That's where you presented the Academy Awards. Yes. What do you do about the people that aren't on Facebook? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I'm doing... If I hold a free webinar like I am doing one today, I use Webinar Jam. I'm just not, I don't love the webinar programs and how kind of clunky they are uh, with especially the registration page, the way that the opt-in form looks, the fact that they have to register. It's just so much easier to say, hey, everybody, tomorrow at 11 a.m., I'm going to be live in the Facebook group and then I give a link to it. And if you want to see me live and interact with me live, join the Facebook group right now. And I'm going to give you A, B, C, and D tomorrow in the, in the webinar. So it has worked when I'm, when I'm not doing like an official sales webinar, I'm just giving free content with maybe a pitch at the end. The Facebook group works really well, but I know that there are definitely some people who hate Facebook and they're not there, but you know, uh, last point on this, think about your demographic, your demographic and my demographic. I know my demographic are people, I would say, 50 years old plus. Mm -hmm. And generally, the 50 plus people, they, they, for the most part, they use Facebook. And I, I would like to think that maybe your demographic is somewhat similar, older totally, people. Totally. Yeah, but the millennials, the millennials, first off, they're not buying my course. They, they're not going to spend money on a course like mine, but they're the ones who hate Facebook. Yeah. I haven't, I still haven't found anybody that's found the perfect solution here because there's certainly disadvantages to Facebook. One being that not everybody's on it. Not all your students are, are, are willing to be on it. But then there, there's other issues too. Like there's, there's, um, there's a lot of distractions when you're on Facebook. There's ads. Um, and man, I don't know if you've seen this, but recently they updated their terms with some very sketchy, uh, things. Have you seen anything about, about that? No. Yeah. I 
I posted something in, in the online course community Facebook group about it, or maybe it was on my next level courses group. I'm not sure, but um, just just even more strongly reiterating that it's their platform and they can do whatever the heck they want and they can remove your content for for just because they want to, things like that. And it's like, do I really want my platform to be on their platform? But then there's, like you said, there's so many advantages to being on Facebook. It's so easy to go live. I mean, yeah. And, and uh, as well, the fact that when I post in the Facebook group and I mark my post as an announcement, the majority of the users in that Facebook group, if they've been relatively active within the group, they're going to get the notification yeah. in their Facebook app on their phone. And you can't replicate that on any other platform. And especially when you're talking about people who are over 50 years old, a lot of them really love Facebook. I mean, they use it. They're on there all day, every day, commenting like crazy. And so when they see a notification, they're going to look at it. But what if, and this is kind of something I'm exploring, toying with, um, what if you had a Photography Academy app and your audience was in the app and you could push out notifications through that? Yeah, that would be great. Uh, it's something I'm working on actually uh, converting my book into an app and it should be done within the next couple of weeks. And maybe that's a function we can add on to it later on. Yeah, maybe so. Interesting discussion. All right, let's see where we want to go with this next. You know, we, we hadn't really talked about um, too much the masterclass, launching the masterclass and kind of where that sits today. Um, what, what's your product line? And is it mainly just the masterclass? Or do you have a lot of things going on? Um, well, my big, my big item that really pulls in the most revenue is the masterclass. I sell it for really darn cheap as far as masterclasses go. It seems like I've kind of found the sweet spot for where people want to buy. And uh, yeah, Dan Henry would wince at my price, <laughs> but it's, it's $2.97. But, you know, I sell a lot of them and I sell it by Evergreen Webinar. And it comes with a big bundle of 18 products. And I can't argue with the revenue that we've generated over the past year. We've brought in 1.6 million in the past 12 months. So I know there's a lot of discussion from the so-called experts that says that high ticket is the only way to go. But it's not the only way to go. Uh, there are many ways to make money online, and this is one of them. So the price point, I, I would like to have the price point higher, but it just seems like in my niche, 297 is a sweet spot. Have you tried charging more for it? Yeah, I have. And I didn't see the real increase in revenue. The sales went down. Um, so I've just kept it where it is. So I'm going to go with a higher ticket coaching program mm -hmm. and and have that as the high end on the value ladder. And for now, I'm going to keep the price of the class where it is. Well, it's, um, if it's a, it's a very intentional decision, then, then that's amazing. One, one problem I see is people will go with the price and they just stick with it because they're making sales, but they haven't really tried other models either. So it sounds like you've tried here and there, but you have other ideas too. And I'm glad you mentioned Dan Henry because he, he presented at, Funnel Hacking Live, right? We watched his presentation together. And you just mentioned that you're mainly selling your masterclass through an evergreen webinar. And from the start of me and you meeting, I was fascinated by your evergreen webinar funnel because it didn't look like mine. You weren't using EverWebinar. You weren't using any software. You're just using ClickFunnels, essentially. 
Yeah. And I think you told me that you actually funnel hacked Caitlin Pyle, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. I funnel hacked Caitlin Pyle. She has a course on uh, proofread from home. Uh, it's called Proofread Anywhere. And she was using an evergreen webinar that was where the video was hosted on Vimeo. And I, at that time, was using Webinar Jam. I didn't like it. It, As I said before, it's just too clunky. There are too many barriers in between the customer and the video. And so I went with uh, just using Vimeo.com to host my video. And it's worked. It's it's worked really, really well. I use uh, an automated webinar on ClickFunnels with a 10-minute timer. So my automated webinar starts every 10 minutes. And it has uh, the registration page, like the, the opt-in page. Then there's a countdown page until the 10 minutes are up where I have a little indoctrination video there to try and elevate my credibility to the customer, like why you should listen to me. And then page three of the funnel, step three, is the watch page where it's just uh, basically a blank page with just the video on it. Yeah, I was I was fascinated when I saw that, and I first saw that before before February, before we hear, heard uh, Dan Henry speak about this very very topic. And I remember I went so far as to even ask you for your template. Do you remember that? I was like, "Wow, Tim, can you yeah. just share your ClickFunnels template with me?" I'm because I was yeah. I, at the time getting very frustrated with every webinar, and then we sat next to each other and watched Dan Henry talk about how he went from every webinar uh, webinar to a much, much, much simpler system. And his system was even simpler than yours because it didn't have that middle page, which you call it kind of an indoctrination page. They opt in. For me right now, and, and what Dan Henry was showing us is that they opt in for the webinar and then immediately the next page, they're watching the, the webinar, or the workshop or whatever you want to call it. You've got a page in the middle and we, we've talked about this. I think you want to leave that page in there because it, it makes them even more fired up to, to start watching the workshop. Is that That's fair? right. It does. Yeah, and you know, there's something else with this conversation here. And you got to think of when we're talking about a webinar that's make money online, you, your customers, by and large, the, the viewers of that webinar are going to be younger than mine. They're, they're going to be people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s for the most part. And they're very internet savvy. And they are skeptical, highly skeptical. So when they get to the traditional webinar structure, maybe using EverWebinar or, or something like that, they're more skeptical. And I think that the, the model that you're using now, it works really well in that niche. What I find is that, uh, using my three step webinar, uh, funnel through ClickFunnels with the every 10 minute start with the older demographic who are not nearly as internet savvy, they really see it as being this show that is going to start at a specific, like a really specific start time, like almost like they have a ticket to a movie and the movie starts at 7.30 p.m. tonight. And we'll get emails like, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't have time to watch it, to watch your show at 7.30. Will you be holding it again? Because I'd really like to see it. So it does work. And I think it's working well because I have a different demographic. They're older. I thought of an idea for us, me and you. We're going to team up. We're going to sell a product called How, How to Sell to 50 Plus Year Olds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, people don't talk about that enough. It's true. And it's, uh, I mean, it's just is what it is. Like there are people 50 plus are more likely to be on Facebook and to, and to have the sentiments you just talked about 
you're 20, 30, 40, it's different. You're typically more tech savvy. Um, and, and guys like Russell Brunson and Dan Henry, they, 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 they talk about, you got to do it this way. You know, Russell Brunson will talk about, you got to have your upsells. You got to do this and that. Well, I don't have any upsells because I think that would confuse the heck out of my audience, right? Yeah. Well, I, okay. I click checkout. And then on the next page, you're trying to sell me something else. No, I click checkout, like give me the thing, right? And, and if you're 26 years old, you might get it a little more. And, uh, and, and you mentioned Dan Harry, Henry possibly cringing at your particular price. You know, he's got his, he's set in his ways. Um, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, where, and I, in fact, I watched a video of Dan Henry two days ago where he talked about, he doesn't do upsells at all, which is completely different from what Russell Brunson recommends. He, he recommends you just have one really, really, really high priced, um, product and, and include all the bonuses, everything in there, make it a super compelling offer. And then you don't have any upsells, but uh, it just kind of goes to show you that there's, there's, there's a lot of different ways to make this work. And you're obviously proof of that with your, your 297 um, offer. But I've seen you float other ideas and other products around here and there. Like with piano, I basically have one, one product, one offer. What's the idea on your side about having more, more products, more things to sell other than just your masterclass? Yeah, so... I've been selling my masterclass now for exactly one year, for 12 months. And so all the people who have actually bought the masterclass, well, I haven't been selling them anything else. And so last week, I finally kind of, this has been bothering me for a long time. So last week, I finally put my foot down and kind of said, I really have to do this and uh, like create another one. And come on in, Fernando. So Fernando just got to work here and he's <laughs> perfect. He's my video editor and he he sits behind me. We work together for five days a week, actually. And you know, I'm gonna interrupt my story just to say one thing. A real game changer for me was when I hired Fernando. He works Monday to Friday, nine to five. And so what that did for my personal output was that it forced me to be in the chair Monday to Friday, nine mm-hmm. to five. Mm-hmm. And it really resulted in uh, an enhanced productivity from myself. And now I'm not working nights practically ever. Uh, whereas in the past, I would always be working late at night by myself. And uh, not anymore. Now I just have a really nice structure, Monday to Friday, nine to five. And I feel like I've kind of got my life back. But the the real benefit is that together, the synergy of having him and I in the same room has been incredible. The ideas that come up and just the the work output of content has tripled, quadrupled since I hired him. So let me get just back to um, this notion of upsell. So I wasn't selling my masterclass customers anything new. I knew I needed to sell them something new. And does it always have to be the big thing, the big high ticket, multi-thousand dollar thing? It doesn't have to be. So last week... Uh, I recalled that I had done a little poll in the Facebook group and I listed four different things that I thought I might create a course on, a cheap little course, just a quick and dirty one. And one of the four options came out as the clear front runner that people wanted. And it was this notion of having super sharp photos because people are upset because a lot of their photos come out blurry. They're not really sharp. They want to know how. So last Wednesday afternoon, Fernando and I said, okay, we're going to start making a new course. We need a name for it. We need content. I don't even know what the content is going to be yet. We need a a box, like a digital box. We need a sales page. We need an order form. 
We need uh, a couple of advertising videos. We're going to have to have a webinar for it. Like on and on and on, made a big list of all the stuff that we had to do. We literally worked for five days, five straight days. And in those five days, literally start to finish, we had a full course. We did the launch yesterday. And um, it is a product that's $47.99. It has a $19.99 order bump, another digital product, so $20 bump, and then a $97 upsell of two sessions of of group coaching. I'm just going to do two one-hour webinars. And uh, so we had day one yesterday. It was a launch with no ads at all. And we did $16,000, $17,000 in sales on day one. We're going to have a cart close on this four days from now. So it's a five-day cart open. Uh, and then the price will go up 40%. So there's real tangible scarcity here. And so far, it's looking absolutely great. Just as this really quick product, you know, we worked on it for five days. We'll have the cart open for just five days. Then it's over. And I don't have to spend any more time on it. And, you know, it's a, a really great boost to regular income. And it didn't take us a ton of time. Several follow-up questions here. Uh, remember when we were, I don't know why I keep bringing up Dan Henry, but when uh, the presentation that he gave at Funnel Hacking Live, do you remember his concept of the circle of focus? Oh, do I ever. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Well, it sounds like you're really good at that, at focusing on one thing at a time, finishing it, and then moving on to the next thing. That's, I think this is a good example of that. Is that something that you, you intentionally try to put into practice, not focusing on too many things at once? Yeah, absolutely. Because I know that uh, when if you think you're a really great multitasker, you're not. And I, I'm speaking personally here because everybody thinks that they're so good at multitasking. But really, when you have a deadline and you set a deadline and you say to yourself, I'm doing this by this date, and then you really commit by dropping in an announcement into your group. So you really do have a line in the sand and there's a date when you're launching. That's the only time things really get done. And I hearken back to uh, the book that I wrote, which was just before I met you at the ClickFunnels conference. Yeah. And that was a start to finish project in seven days for a physical book. And it was super successful as well. And the reason being is because I had this deadline and I just had to get it done. And for that, it was Black Friday. It was that this idea came about, hey, we need a book that's combined with videos we could launch this in time for Black Friday. Well, when's Black Friday? Oh, crap, it's in two weeks. So we had, we had a seven-day uh, project there, and we got it done. Was Fernando back, uh, helping you back then as well? Yeah, absolutely. It, so, it was fantastic because what we did with that book is that we had this book where it was the marriage of printed text and video. And so we made 30 lessons inside the book and there are QR codes on the page of each lesson. So there's 30 lessons and there's 30 videos. So if you have the physical paper book, then there for each of the 30 lessons, there are 30 QR codes and you just pick up your camera or sorry, your phone, your phone, you turn on the regular camera and just scan that QR code and then it launches a video on your phone that supplements the the lesson that's there on the pages of the book and what we did there fernando uh did such an amazing job at going through all of our youtube content and even some content that we plucked out of the master class just because we had content that was finished and we kind of repackaged it and made it look a little bit different and used that video comp content 
for the 30 lessons that are in the book. And so we had this awesome new book with all this video stuff that made it look really different and unique and launched it on Black Friday. And it was a real success and we've been selling it ever since. Yeah, that's really cool. So you've got the masterclass, you've got the book, and you've got this new product um, about sharper photos. Do you still have the the $27 product? And is yep. there any other products as well? No, those are the main ones. Those are those are the main income earners. And uh, you know, as we look to the future, uh definitely within the next few weeks, I am going to be launching the top end of the value ladder and it will be an expensive small group coaching. I don't want to do any one-on-one unless someone is willing to just spend a train loan of money. I just don't (laughs) want to be bogged down with any one-on-one stuff. But uh, we're going to offer high-end coaching. And then we'll have a full value ladder and um, then kind of go from there. So you're obviously very aware of funnels, what they are, benefits, using them as well. You know, with with my piano product, I essentially have one, uh, or my piano brand, I essentially have one one offer, um, one one product, and then and I have kind of one funnel that sells that product. One one question I get a lot is, "Hey, Jacques, what you know? If I've got multiple products, do I need like a funnel for each one? Like, how does that work? What are you doing?" Yeah, uh, I I have created a funnel for each one. Um, only a couple have not been really successful. And the two that were not really successful were just kind of basic courses where I'm teaching A, B, C, and D. But uh, those were launched a year ago and I didn't have the community that I have today. And I didn't have the wherewithal at that time when I was launching those two unsuccessful courses to connect better with the outcome that the students are going to get. And that's the big thing is that when we're trying to sell as creators, we get so hung up talking about the features that you're going to get 25 lessons and X number of minutes of content. And these are the best videos. And look what video number one is about this and video two is about that. And it's, it's feature, 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 feature. And really people who are customers, I mean, they're either leaving now or their eyes are just rolling into the back of their head. They don't want to hear about the features. They want to hear about the transformation and where this product is going to take them to get the benefit that they really want to have. Mm -hmm. So you have to be, I'm repeating myself, so dialed in to your customer base so you know what it is that they actually want and what they're struggling with, where their roadblocks are so that you're really providing that solution to get them over that hump that they're encountering. I'm on I'm on photographyacademy.com and it looks to me like what you're doing is that you're 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 letting people buy the lesser expensive items now but that the masterclass they they want they need to opt in for the the webinars that's kind of what I was getting at when I asked about the funnels yeah, so absolutely it, okay I don't try and sell the masterclass off a sales page I've tried it and it didn't work for me uh, I'm just not able to convey the transformation. And you really need, I mean, we joke, we really joke and about the webinar being a brainwashing. And we just use that as a funny little word between Fernando and I, like, like <laughs> customers need the brainwashing before they're going to buy. But you need to have that webinar because you've got the stories and the three secrets. And what are the three secrets? They're specifically de- stories that are designed to tap into the top three objections 
that your customer is going to have before they buy this product. So those three secrets are so strategically created. So it just knocks over objection one, objection two, and objection three. And what's left after those three objections are knocked over? It's like, wow, I really am able to do this. I can do it. I am able to get the great benefit. I'm smart enough. I'm, I don't need to have the great technical abilities. And uh, Tim's going to show me how because he's got this system and it's worked for so many other people. So yeah, that webinar is just so important. Yeah, and, I, you know, I've, I've watched your webinar. <laughs> and uh, yeah, at the end of your webinar, I just wanted to get your course and start learning how to play the piano so that I can be that guy who can just sit down and play like you do. Because you knock down the objections. I only need four chords, you know, only four (laughs) chords. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, I'm browsing around your site and I found the new course, um, Tack Sharp Photography. I clicked on it. It's a very nice sales page. Only $47.99. I can buy that now. Uh, So I don't have to sit through uh, an hour, two hour webinar to buy this. Where where do you draw the line as far as price between whether it needs a, a fancy funnel versus just a sales page? Oh, anything that's going to be a few hundred dollars uh, for me anyway, I just find that the webinar really works. Uh, Video sales letters, they're just not as compelling. And it's, uh, it's, it's tough to get people to watch your webinar. Let's face it. You, you need to spend money. I spend a lot of money to, to get people to watch my webinar, but when they do, uh, they're, they're much more likely to buy than if they had just seen a video sales letter. So anything that starts to be a few hundred dollars for me, I find that the webinar is the way to go. Very cool. So uh, one more question about this new course. I, I have a similar situation where a couple of years ago, I pulled my audience like, okay, what are you still struggling with? And for them, it was hand coordination, doing two different things um, with, with each hand. It sounds similar where um, you still you have this this main offering, this main course, but yeah, there's still things people might struggle with, right? So the route I took is I made a course, not in five days. It was that's your, your ability to sprint and get things out is amazing, um, but I just included that in the portal, and everybody that had ever signed up got access to it, and then it was just a part of my stack going forward. So my thought was more people are going to sign up now that this is a bonus but you took the route of, okay, I'm going to make this product and actually sell it on its own. What are your thoughts on the, the, two, way, the two approaches there? Trial and error. I think it's test, test, test. I think we as marketers, we have to be constantly testing. And so with the way that you went, maybe that was the absolute better way to go. Like maybe, maybe that is hand coordination. Maybe that is a big objection of people who are trying to learn how to play the piano. And when they see that that is included in the course, uh, in your masterclass as a bonus uh, part of the bundle, then maybe that's knocking down an objection and it's prompting them to buy. But maybe it should be tested as being broken out, like remove it, make it a standalone thing. And because people are also, you know, there is that tendency where people like to be able to buy something that's cheaper, something that's quick, something that's not hours of content, something that they can consume very quickly, you know, and you're kind of just teaching that one concept. It's just hand coordination. I'm not teaching you A to Z. I'm just teaching you this one thing. The price point is lower and you're going to be able to consume the entire course in one sitting. Um, people are very likely to want to buy that if the price is right. Cool. 
So I see Fernando has started his workday behind you. Is he basically video editing and graphic design or is he actually helping you with like marketing strategy as well? Uh, he helps in marketing strategy, especially with discussion. It's so nice to have someone here just to bounce ideas off and talk things through. And you know, that whole, the word synergy, it's almost like when, when two people are in a room and they're conversing about something, two people who have good knowledge about the subject matter, it's like a third person emerges in the room. And that's what I find is that I may have a really, really good idea. And I'll say, Hey, Fernando, what do you think about doing ABCDE? And then he thinks about it, says a couple of things, and then bam, a new idea comes out of that discussion. So it's so great to have him as a, a sounding board five days a week. But his main job is that he is creating video content for us. So as an example, I just got back from a major trip, photography trip, where my wife and I took a small boat and we traveled in our boat. Uh, a grand total of 1,000 kilometers and 600 miles up the coast of British Columbia, where we went to this super isolated location and photographed grizzly bears from a small inflatable boat. And uh, we shot tons of video, drone, GoPro, handheld. And Fernando took all of that video footage and made it into a 12-minute, like, it's a movie. I mean, it is so exciting and the music and it's this action packed. And what I'm doing with that actually is I'm launching it today in a webinar on webinar jam in like literally two hours from now. And I'm going to make a pitch at the end of it. I'm doing a live sandwich, another live sandwich. So I'm coming on with a live webinar. I've already pumped it out to the email list and dropped it in the Facebook groups saying, I'm going to show this new video. It's the premiere of, I don't call it a video, I call it a movie and call it a short movie. It's the premiere of this short movie. Um, here's what the movie is about. You've never seen this before. It hasn't been launched to the public. And at the end of the movie, I'm going to show you live um, technique one, two, and three about wildlife photography. So I'll start the webinar. I'll be live. Then I inject the 12-minute video. Then I'm on live again. I give them some really good free content, and I'll go right from that into a pitch and sell this new tax sharp photography course that uh, is in the cart open phase right now. I'm in the, the five days of the cart open. So hopefully it'll go well. Very cool, man. So uh, you mentioned your wife, Leah, a couple of times, and she was at the conference there um, in February as well. And, and she, she's, she seems to be a little bit involved in the business. Like, what, does she help you in, in the business or is she more just like enjoys taking photos as well? Yeah, so she's more of a sounding board for me. I, I'll come up with ideas and talk them through with her. And it's fantastic to get her take on it, especially uh, as the female demographic, because there are definitely two very different demographics within my community. Like the men tend to be much more technically minded. With They love the camera settings and the gear and the lenses and the 50 millimeter, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And the women tend to be better at the compositions and the artistic side of taking the photos. And it's really great for me to be able to talk to her every day and get her take on things. But what she does with me is that we'll go on trips, photography trips, which is kind of a combination of a holiday with her and I together. And it's a photography trip. And she'll shoot a ton of video where, like, uh, as an example, we went on an amazing trip last summer to Europe and we were in the Dolomites of Italy 
and uh, like right up on top of these most amazing mountains. And she was shooting video of me as I taught content, video content for my master class. So I was actually shooting master class video content in Italy. Leah's doing the video shooting. And it's like we make a really great team to create content. Very cool. And is there anybody else on the team at all? Or is it basically you two slash you three there? Uh, not here. So uh, I run Google and YouTube ads. I have um, a woman in Australia who does the Google and YouTube ads for me. I have someone in Florida who does Facebook ads. Uh, we've got a couple of customer service people who work part-time. They're also in the U.S. So definitely we built a team up. And it's great having a team because, man, I'll tell you, if you are doing your own customer service, oh my goodness, does that ever bog you down? Mm-hmm. You know, you get so stuck in the answering customer service emails, especially if you're getting a lot of them. On one hand, it's good that your, your ear is to the ground and you know exactly what your customers are saying. But on the other hand, shouldn't your time be better spent creating content and coming up with great new ideas for content instead of here's your login link. Oh, so sorry that uh, your PayPal transaction didn't go through or whatever it happens to be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's good to probably bootstrap right at the beginning. And I always like to do things myself a little bit before I outsource them. You know, I, I edited the video at first. Now I understand what that looks like, what that takes. I did the customer service for a long time. Thank goodness I don't have to do it now, but I understand. And I feel like by understanding that role, having done it, it makes you better at leading that role and outsourcing that role as well. But I'm I'm glad to hear that you're not still doing those things either. Yeah, and I I absolutely agree with you that um, doing it yourself at the start is the way to go because that way you make sure that the process is right and you make sure that you're getting the appropriate response from your customers. You just, you as the boss need to be on top of things. And yeah, when you're running it yourself at the beginning, yeah, it's the way to go. So before I let you go, Tim, I want to I jump back in the story a little bit because I want to revisit a couple of things that you said earlier. Um, one, one recommendation I typically have for people that are more at the beginning stages of, of this is to create a YouTube channel because I think that that's a great platform for people to start putting video content out there a lot of the same type of people that would want to find solutions in, a, in an online course are, are the same types of people starting to look for some of those solutions on YouTube. I had a lot of success starting YouTube. A lot of people I've had uh, on this podcast have had a lot of success on YouTube. Given all that, you've had a lot of success, but YouTube did not work for you. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think... Uh... I didn't tap into really, I'll back up. I think that if you're going to make YouTube content, you need to create the content as if it's blog content. And you have to be creating content that people are going to search for, but is not so popular that uh, it's already completely dominated by the big names and the big channels in YouTube. Um, I, I just wasn't able to do that. So, and I think one of my other mistakes from a year ago was that I was trying to be the video vlogger guy, you know, and try and replicate some of the success that the other big names have had, mm-hmm. like Peter McKinnon. Mm-hmm. But no, people don't really care about seeing your trip to the location or to the place. They they don't know who you are. They don't care about you. And you're not going to get followers 
unless somehow you win the lottery. So um, if you're going to create content for YouTube, it has to be like you are creating blog content and you are using the best SEO practices to create that content using, you know, finding search terms that are kind of long tail that are not overly populated already. But with all that said, I'm really glad that I did build the YouTube channel because it gives you as the creator credibility. Even if you don't have great success by getting followers on YouTube, um, it's great that you're getting, you have the credibility. So when someone is considering buying your course and they're starting to look you up and then they see, oh, you've got 25 videos on YouTube, well, you must be something then. And it also gives you great practice for when you're actually creating your content and going live on webinars. Like just the more time you're in front of a camera, the better you get at it. And yes, when you start, you will be crappy. But over time, you become a little less crappy and a little less crappy. And then suddenly it's like, yeah, you're, you're actually pretty good. Well, if I could take it a step further, your, your story actually directly contradicts my typical recommendation for people getting started, right? I say, hey, don't spend money on ads until you start selling copies. Like, I don't, I don't want you to spend any money on ads until you've sold at least 10 copies of your course because then we've got a validated product. I don't want you to waste your money. Start on YouTube, put out consistent content. And, and you did the opposite because the YouTube thing didn't work. And, if, and if, if I heard your story correctly, like your first $27 sale, like the first sale you ever made on this business came from somebody from Facebook ads. And, and yeah. I think you spend an enormous amount on Facebook ads. Um, what do you think about that recommendation on my side to beginners a- as compared to how, how successful you've been? It depends on whether you have more time or you have more money. That's the thing. <laughs> so if you have the finances, then jumpstart your success, like leapfrog forward and buy your traffic. But if, you, if you're trying to save the money and then you're going to trade money for time, so you're going to spend your time and create the content. Maybe you're going into Facebook groups all the time and providing free and very valuable content to try and get people to come back to your page. It's a time-consuming process, but it's not going to cost you anything. So it, do you have more time than money or do you have more money than time? And so for me, I just wanted to buy the traffic. And yeah, it was a strategy that definitely worked. Yeah. I mean, you were new to online courses, but you weren't new to, to business or even online business. And, and so it sounds like you, you had the resources to be able to start paying for ads, but not, not everybody does. But you also had Facebook ad experience too with those other businesses. So you started by, did you start by doing the ads yourself? Yeah, I did. See, that's, yeah. I mean, that's not fair for most people because you had yeah. an amazing experience going into this. And when people are just starting out, let's say they do have a little bit of resources to start spending money. Well, most people, like 99.99% of people are not good at Facebook ads and probably will never be good at Facebook ads. You're in the very, very small minority of somebody who had experience with it and actually have a, has a knack for it, in my opinion. And so if you've got the resources, most people need to actually start by hiring a contractor and then you have to pay for them. That's typically at least $1,000 a month. And then you've got to buy the ads as well, right? So, yeah, but you can start, you definitely can start doing it on your own. There are so many tutorials that show you how to, uh, to run Facebook ads. But the main thing though is, uh, you don't need to be making your masterclass until you've sold it. And I have sort of a four step system that I created for this overall process, which is learn it, 
I'm looking at my whiteboard now. Learn it, sell it, teach it, profit. One, two, three, four. Like learn it first. Learn what your, define who your perfect customer is, what it is that they want, what the benefits are they're looking for, what the problems are that they have, at what is holding them back. That's learn it. And then part of that as well is um, define what your system is going to be. What's your proprietary solution for your customers? And then sell it is step two of the process. Get out there, spend some money on ads, get it out in front of the marketplace, have a webinar, do your absolute best to sell it. Then once you've sold it, step three is teach it. Teach the masterclass live. Maybe you're going to teach it once a week for an hour across six weeks. And it gives you a week between each session to actually create your course content. And after you've done that, it's step four is profit. And uh, start selling it over and over again. Start selling it and scale it. So yeah, this is something that now that I've had this success with the photography business, that I want to do what you're doing. You have onlinecourseguy.com. And so I've created my own as well, laptoplife.com. And I'm going to get into the coaching thing too slowly, but um, I'm definitely a lot behind you on this. <laughs> well, it's, it's a lot of fun. Sometimes we don't, we don't realize the new worlds we're getting into. And, and I was just trying like heck to get my piano course to work. And then all of a sudden, once it was working, I was like, wow, this was a lot of work. I learned so many things. It's like, I'm sure other people are struggling with online courses and don't know these things that I've learned. And that's why I started this podcast. And now it's a whole brand, you know, started this three years ago. Um, but I love the, the little framework you shared, learn it, sell it, uh, teach it, teach it, profit, profit, profit. I guess. Yeah. And that's when you're in the, in the launch phase. And then after you've done your launch, I step two of that is the automation phase, which is build it, sell it, scale it, profit. And build it is make your evergreen webinar, build that thing up, build your community, get that thing rolling and continue to sell it and scale your ads. And then you're going to profit. We haven't really talked too much, much about tools yet. Um, we're we're going to wrap up this conversation soon, but you mentioned ClickFunnels, but you don't host your course in ClickFunnels. I believe you use Kajabi for that. That's right. You feel pretty good about Kajabi as a course platform? Oh, yeah. Kajabi is. Uh, a very solid platform. We have we have so much content on Kajabi. What you know what I love about Kajabi? See, you as a course creator, you need testimonials. You need as many testimonials as you can get. And what's awesome about Kajabi is that for every lesson of your video courses, there is a comment field and people can leave comments under an individual lesson. So let's just say that they finish lesson 4 from your course and they're all excited after just finishing lesson 4 they type stuff in right there in Kajabi and they say, oh, this this lesson was the best. It helped me to A, B, C, D, E. And I love this. And then you just go in, take that comment. There's your testimonial. Um, just change the form or maybe you just do a snip on it, copy it, and then post that. You can use that in an email or wh- whatever you want to use it in. But wow, Kajabi is so good for that. Um, ClickFunnels, boy, if I, could, if I could ever talk to Russell, I would <laughs> say change up the course presentation aspect of ClickFunnels. Improve it, enhance it. Look at Kajabi and and model the features that Kajabi has. But it's I not w- a course platform. It's a, it's a funnel platform. Exactly. Right? Which is why it hasn't changed in the past four years, is which is why I'm getting frustrated with it because all my courses are in ClickFunnels and they're not updating anything. But at the same time, I get it. Focus on the sales funnels, be great at that. And maybe I'll have to move my courses over to something like Kajabi. So be it. 
Yeah. Kajabi, it's great. And as well, you know, there are a lot of people who only use Kajabi, right? Because Kajabi, it's kind of like a click funnels as well. So why don't you use the funnel part of Kajabi? Uh, because I am so bought into the click funnels community and training and, uh, I just want to be part of it. I, yeah. I don't ever want to leave click funnels. I love click funnels so much. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just never could see myself like cutting my click funnel subscription. Be honest. You just wanted the two comma club award. Yeah, that too. You know what? There's something there. There that, is something uh, there. Yep. When, when that two comma club was kind of in front of me and I saw, I saw that, well, when I even learned that they had a two comma club, it was just like, I want that. I want mm-hmm. to work towards that because it represents achievement. And, uh, it, as I said, at the start of this whole conversation, it was almost like getting the two comma club was more important than the money. Yeah. And, and the psychology of that, what ClickFunnels has done to elevate the prestige of receiving that award it is pure marketing geniusness. And I want to try and replicate that yeah. in my business so that there's something that my customers want to attain to. And in order to get there, you have to ascend all the way up that value ladder to the top. And that's, that's what ClickFunnels has done. It worked like a hot damn on me. And so I want to try and replicate that in my business. <laughs> it, it's truly brilliant for sure. Kajabi has something similar, the Kajabi hero, but it's just, it's just not the same. No. It's just no. not the same. Yeah, so, and it's interesting too, if, you know, when you're, we're talking about an expert business, you have an expert business in piano and I have one too. And the difference between Kajabi and ClickFunnels is that ClickFunnels has an expert business where there's an attractive character yes. who is leading the movement. And Kajabi doesn't have that. It's more of just, it's a corporation. It's the nameless, faceless corporation. I don't feel a personal connection with ClickFunnels. But because of Russell being the attractive character and the type of marketing that he does, I feel a connection to Russell and therefore to ClickFunnels. 100%. That's, that's, there, there's no, no doubt about that. And, you know, I try to do that in my businesses too. Like, Piano in 21 days, yeah, it is what it is. People ask like, oh, what if somebody comes and creates piano in 20 days? Okay, great. That's fine. Like, whatever. It's still not Jacques Hopkins. Some, pe- some people just want to learn piano from Jacques Hopkins, whether it's called piano in 21 days or, or whatever it's called, right? So I learned that from Expert Secrets and from Story Brand by Donald Miller, like the whole attractive character thing, the guide. And I think that's incredibly yeah. important. It really is. I mean, when you think of every successful movement in the course of history has been in, you know, I'm generalizing here, but it's being led by one person. And it's that one person who is the attractive character. And if you have an expert business, you need to make yourself to be the attractive character, even though you may not feel like you are one, you don't feel like you are an expert, you don't feel like you know enough, you don't feel like anyone's going to follow you because no one has ever followed you in the past. Well, you can do it if you follow the right formula. Yeah, all these movements in history have had like a leader, an attractive character, um, both good and bad though. It's not just the good ones. Yeah. And that, that's why some of the bad ones have happened too is because they had that attractive character, unfortunately. Um, all right, so we're, we're talking about tools. Um, let's go email. And this is interesting because both the tools you mentioned so far, actually you can have your email list in there. And I don't know, I don't know where you have your email list. I'm curious if you have it in Kajabi, do you have it in ClickFunnels or do you have it somewhere else? 
My email list is with Active Campaign. I find Active Campaign to be just user friendly. It's so powerful. Uh, when I look at how much I'm spending on it, I wince. You know, when I add up, I have a ClickFunnels account, which is 300 a month. I have my Kajabi account, which I think is it's either 300 or 400 a month for my volume. And then my Kajabi account, or sorry, my Active Campaign. Uh, the second one was Kajabi, if I said the wrong thing there. Uh, then Active Campaign, because my list is now with all the lists together, we have 175,000 people. Uh, and that's costing me 750 a month. So you add up the cost of those three subscriptions. It's a lot of money, but I'm making the profit and it's justified, uh, as far as I'm concerned, because, uh, active campaign integrates very nicely with click funnels. So when someone makes a purchase or someone gets a free thing on click funnels, click funnels does the handshake with active campaign through the API and adds that person's email address to the list, adds a tag. It works really well. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you know that I'm on Active Campaign as well. And it's it's an interesting discussion about the software and, and where they focus in. Because like I said, both Kajabi and ClickFunnels, you could have your email list there for I probably no additional charge. You're probably already paying for an unlimited email list uh, over there on those other platforms, but you choose to have your email list in active campaign because it's so much better. And that's what they do is they do email emails and email automation. And my list, my piano list just crossed over 75,000. And so I, I had to go from the maybe $300 a month plan to, to now 375 or something like that. And so you pay the more, the bigger your list is, but I think you can get started for like $9. And that's, that's my recommendation as well for email, um, email software, but man, you've got a big list. Yeah. You know, Russell talked about being a category king mm-hmm. and ClickFunnels is the category king for funnels. So I'm just using them for funnels. And I think Kajabi is the category king for online course delivery. And I just use it for that. And active campaign, same thing. So yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm paying a lot of money per month, but so are you. So, yeah. and, and the reason we're doing that is because these platforms work. Yeah. And you're, you're obviously making far more than that. Um, Tim, man, it's been a total pleasure. It's a pleasure every time we get to speak. And I think you shared a ton of valuable uh, content for the audience. So I really appreciate you coming on and, and uh, kind of being an open book and, and sharing so much value. Um, any closing thoughts, anything else you want to share that maybe we didn't get to? And uh, just remind folks where they could kind of reach out and uh, find your stuff online. Yeah, I think... Um... I think the closing comment for me is the fact that there are so many people, I mean millions in North America, who have a dream of starting their own online business. And it is a good dream to have. But this world is so full of people with unfulfilled dreams. Like you have to stop dreaming and you got to start doing. You have to take the first step and start doing something. This is doable. It's achievable. Jacques has done it. I have done it. And I think that if you're listening to this still after, after this many minutes, you can do it too because you're super interested. So stop dreaming and start doing. You have to start taking action. And even if you think you are not an expert, you are many steps ahead of a beginner in whatever the thing is that you know a lot about. So yeah, if you want to reach out to me, um, go to laptoplife.com. You can send me a message from there. 
And um, Jacques, I've really enjoyed being on your show. And I take my hat off to you for your marketing genius because your Piano in 21 Days course is so freaking phenomenal. The marketing for it, the free ebook that leads to the webinar and then the masterclass, it's, it's awesome. And online course guy, same thing. I've sat through your webinar there too. So I, I really respect your marketing acumen. It, you are exceptional and you inspire me a lot. So it's great to have you as a friend. Thank you so much. That's, that's really, really kind of you to say. It's been a real pleasure. And look, if I could add one more thing to what you said about the, cl- the closing comment about people, just they need to get started. They need to actually execute on what that dream is and not just have the dream. The other side of that too is obstacles and roadblocks are going to happen. Not only do you need to get started, but you got to be aware that there's going to be issues, there's going to be problems. And I think the real key is getting around those problems. And the people that, that succeed um, just got around more problems than, than other people. Yeah, it, it, you're so right. It, you know, the ones who have won and who are, who are winning the race, so to speak, it's those who just are in it for the long term and have the tenacity. And the thing is that with starting your online business, you cannot have the, the feeling that this is a sprint. It's not a sprint. It is absolutely a marathon. And you have to be in it for the long haul. And you have to know that um, it's a rocky road. It's full of twists and turns and bumps. And there are going to be failures. But when you stay at it and you really throw yourself at it and you apply yourself, you're going to be able to overcome them. I'll tell you one thing, just my last comment is that mm-hmm. there's nothing more fragile than an idea or a dream. The, an idea or a dream is so fragile and you have to be really careful with who you share your dream with because when you share it with your best friend and your best friend completely stomps on the idea and says, that's never going to work and tells you all the reasons why it's never going to work, you're probably just going to say, yeah, I guess you're right. It's just never going to work and your dream is crushed. So be careful who you tell your dreams to, but run with them and start taking action because they are definitely achievable. Well said. And uh, thanks again for the kind words, man. So Tim Shields, yeah. laptoplife.com, uh, photographyacademy.com. Uh, thanks, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me on the show, Jacques. It was awesome. All right, David, welcome back in. What did you think, man? Oh, man, such an awe-inspiring conversation. So, I mean, I think he said he's on pace for like $1.6 million per year. <laughs> and the company, I mean, if I heard it right, the company is like 18 months old. It's like, it's super new or somewhere. I mean, it's a new company. And I was just like, you know, mind is blown. Uh, but I would say my biggest takeaway is just this concept of build your skill stack. So, um, I mean, obviously, Tim... Tim understood Facebook ads. He's uh, he's had years of experience selling ugly sweaters and probably funny t-shirts. And so he understands Facebook ads. He understands like just building a movement and was able to put those skills into action for his course. But incredible story. Yeah. And, and, and in my case, I tried to start several businesses before I started Piano in 21 Days. And unlike Tim, none of my previous businesses were successful by any means. But I definitely learned some things. I learned about building websites and maybe generating a little bit of traffic here and there. And I was able to apply some of that to Piano in 21 Days. But in Tim's case, like he had he had experience running million dollar like online businesses, right. just not an online course business. So yeah, he but he had he had some skills that he was able to apply, and he found success really really fast. Like this is one of the fastest success stories of online oh courses that I'm aware of. And you just look at 
he got his idea in March 2018. I got my idea in March 2013. Look at his email list. 170,000 yeah, people on his email list. Mine's like, you know, active. It's like 75. And I've been doing it seven years. He's been doing it less than two. Um, but he is, he's really good with Facebook ads and he spends a lot. I don't think we talked about numbers, but he spends a lot of money each month on Facebook mm. ads. A lot of money. I know that for sure. Well, well more than I do, mm. but his, his ROI is positive. Yeah. And I love that uh, two comma club award story that he basically didn't know it was coming and it showed up and his, uh, I think uh, Fernando was there and was able to film it. Yeah. Um, I was trying to like step into like what I would feel like um, if I got that. Um, the main thing, I don't consider myself like a knickknack guy. Like I do these mountain bike races and stuff and I get trophies and plaques and, and I'm like, man, I don't, I don't want to put these up next to my precious moments, figurines. Like uh, I'm just like, you know, knickknacks or knickknacks a little bit. Um, you know, there's a funny quote by a brilliant guy named Kanye West. He says, I hate when I'm on a flight and I wake up with a water bottle next to me, like, oh, great. Now I got to be responsible for this water bottle. And, uh, <laughs> but so anyways, that's kind of my attitude, but, but I'll admit, I, I think I would make an exception, uh, for, for my whole stance on knickknacks if I was to get a two comic club award. Yeah. And you know, it's, on some level, it's a vanity award. We've talked about that. It's, uh, you know, I got, I got mine last year and was able to walk across the stage and get my picture with Russell Brunson in February. And I like at that time, I think Tim was like almost more excited about it than I was. Like he was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna film it. We're gonna get these multiple angles. It's gonna be awesome. I'm, my wife's gonna take pictures." And like he uh, he had to sit through a, like 200 people getting their you know getting their picture taken before I went up there. And he was just super super pumped. And once I walked down the stage, he was the first one to to greet me there. Um, but uh, yeah, and then he, hearing his story about getting his was was amazing as well. Yeah, and I was teasing there about calling the two comma club club award a knickknack, but um, you know, again, if you go back to that mindset episode, the mindset about money and saying certificate of appreciation, I mean that again, you, you know, what's what's the story behind that award is that you got a million certificates of appreciation for teaching people something that they can be passionate about. So, yeah. what it re- what it represents in terms of changing people's lives, I mean, that's that's the most cool thing about it. Yeah. And I think this is one of those stories where it's like, if you would have met him in mid 2018 and, and talked to him, like you would have known he would be successful with this, mm-hmm. right? Not, you can't say that for everybody. Um, not that those people wouldn't eventually be successful, but he just, you know, things like actually reaching out to that influencer, mm-hmm. right? Actually reaching out to them and like inviting them to do something and then they do it. Like that's, that's such a cool, like epiphany story when that influencer went hiking and he's like, you know what you need to do, Tim, you need to create an online course about that. But also just like reaching out to me, right? He didn't know that I had this podcast and this whole side of my business. He just found my stuff online. He's like, oh, look, somebody else teaching in an online course in a non-money-making niche. Wow. And, and successful at it. I'm going to reach out to this guy. And I, I went back and I pulled up some of his original messages from kind of late, it would have been late 2019, I think. Um, and he told me, he said he's been selling digital courses for nine months now. And he said, in the last 30 days, I have $48,000 in sales for my auto webinar and smaller photography courses. In many ways, I have made it. However, before starting online digital courses, um, I had multiple millions of dollars in sales over two years from Shopify, selling physical products that I manufactured in China. So my personal bar is high. 
So that that adds instant credibility when he's reaching out when he's reaching out to me. Um, and I think originally he was actually looking to to kind of form or be a part of some sort of mastermind. I was like, man, I, you know that sounds amazing. I'm pretty tapped out on masterminds right now, but you know let's let's jump on a call. I'd love to hear more, and maybe you're a good fit for the podcast. That was late 2019. I finally got him on the podcast. Nice, but uh, you know we talked immediately, and we've 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 talked probably ten times. Um, all off the podcast, and then met that one time there in in Nashville in February. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that story about the Hollywood sign and uh, walking with the influencer, and the influencer just saying like, "I already looked at your portfolio; like you have what it takes." And uh, I actually went to Tim's website, and uh, there's that the back of the Hollywood sign is one of the photos that you can see, and it was just so cool to know that that was. I mean, that, that was that photograph was the turning point of his life towards being a, a online course. Uh, coach for people around the world. Yeah, really. So cool. he said, uh, "Yeah." So I love the conversation about. He said YouTube was actually a waste of time. <laughs> um, that ultimately, you know, his his tipping point to success was doing the free Facebook ads to a free product to the twenty to the twenty seven dollar product to the Facebook group. That that was actually the funnel that finally got him success. Uh, but then later in the conversation, he said that YouTube. YouTube admittedly did build his credibility and it gave him practice in front of the camera. And uh, I mean, I certainly feel that way. Like everybody has to start somewhere with jumping in front of a camera and recording themselves. And in a way, it's better to do that with uh, a video that you can eventually unlist on YouTube or whatever. So what yeah, do you think that, about that whole conversation? Well, that was when, I, when he said that. I'm like, uh-oh, because that goes against my typical advice. But here's the thing. Tim, Tim's, Tim's special. You know, he already had a ton of success in online business and he succeeded very, very quickly here. And a lot, a lot, a lot of his traffic came from Facebook ads. That is not normal, but it's, but it's doable. And that's one of the reasons I do this podcast to provide, provide ideas, tips, inspiration, motivation for listeners. Cause there's no one right way to succeed with an online course business. The reason that I advise people don't spend money on ads at first. Wait till you sell at least 10 copies to do that. Start a YouTube channel. Put out a video every week. It's because from my experience, you know, that worked for me, but it's also that path I have found way more by interviewing other course creators on this podcast than, well, I started with ads and you know it blew up mm-hmm. initially. That's way more rare. Right. right. So maybe somebody's listening who that is a good fit for, but more people that will will be a better fit for for the more organic route done right. I think and and like the like the message that Tim originally sent me, he said his personal bar was high, right? How long did he actually give YouTube? Did he was he sitting around like for two weeks waiting? <laughs> like that's not long enough. But because his personal bar was so high, right, that that wasn't good enough. But for most people who are beginners starting out, they don't have multi-million dollar online businesses in in their on their resume like you're gonna it's it's a, it's a different ball game it's a totally different ball game right but also i mean it sounds like a portion of youtube not working for him and then what did work was really zeroing in that his target market was going to be over 50 50 year olds which yeah. he didn't really share exactly what point he figured out that that was who his his uh his course purchaser or course member was. Um, but, you know, I know that you've been really kind of tempted to take things off of Facebook. I, I know you mentioned again, their new 
new uh, legal policies, which I did look over those too. And I was just like, whoa, but you know, I think they just spelled out what we already knew is that they can pull the rug out from somebody um, at any point. Um, But as he was talking to you about all the advantages of Facebook, when you have your, your key target person is over 50. I mean, did that make you kind of like say, oh, I should keep things on Facebook as far as, as far as uh, different groups? Possibly. Like, yeah. like I was, I mean, you, you got to test things. That's the only mm-hmm. way you'll truly know. And I'm very intrigued about having my community call Facebook, but I could move it off. And it's just, I'm just not serving people in here as well. Uh-huh. And I might have to come back. But I, on that note too, I think they're <laughs> historically, I've kind of, had a lot of the same recommendations for beginners and to people that have had a course for a while making a lot of sales. And the more I get into this, the more I'm like, well, there's, it's, there should be more differences, right? So when you are first starting out, you probably do want to start on Facebook. It's just, it's more accessible for people, you might, it, meaning like a Facebook group for your community. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the first things you should do when you're just starting out is do that. And, and and have click funnels and put your course inside of click funnels. It might not be the best, but it's like easier when you're starting out. But when you're when you've been doing this for several years, you have you know thousands of students. Well, maybe it makes sense to move that group off of Facebook. And maybe it makes sense to move that course off of click funnels and so on. And maybe, you know, in a few weeks, few months, I might have more things that that you should be doing differently that beginner versus more advanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where you guys were talking about making a course, how to sell to 50 year olds, I was correct. And uh, we, my wife and I went hiking yesterday and we were actually listening to this conversation as we were driving back from, from going hiking. And we were just, just laughing about that. Like people sending an email, like, Oh, I wasn't able to attend the entire webinar. You know, can I see it again? And, uh, but then I was reflecting, it's like, do I have any skill set that I could teach to people over 50 and legitimately um, learning to swim is, is a possibility. And I actually Googled it. You know, there's a couple people that have adult swim lessons. And I was like, if I took your exact formula, Tim's exact formula and, and taught people over age 50 to swim, like, you know, that might be a million dollar brand. So it's what you guys were joking about. I mean, somebody out there listening, you know, it's, it could be very legitimate. If you say, I have this one skill that um, I can teach people and it, and it brings quality of life to people that, that maybe never did it in the past. Yeah. That was just kind of an epiphany as I was talking to Tim. It's like, oh, that is another similarity. Like maybe, maybe me and you are like some of the top people on the planet to sell to 50 plus year olds. <laughs> maybe not, but <laughs> yeah, that part was great. Um, so Tim, Tim called his class, the photography transformation masterclass. Um, just love that, that concept that he's transforming these people, his, his catchphrases, um, explore, create, inspire, and, and just, it's a, what is it? It's not, it's not information. It's transformation. I mean, right. all that was so great. And, uh, in the online course community, Facebook group, just this past week, um, a new member, her name is Sarah. But she asked a question. She said that she wants to create a course on cross-stitch embroidery. And she was like, she was, that was the part that she wanted to know. Is she like, how can I make this a new opportunity? She was reading Expert Secrets like is recommended. And uh, so Sarah, if you're listening, I mean, that was your part is, is it's a transformation to, to be in a, a, a cross-stitch, cross-stitch embroidery pro. Yeah, somebody who who doesn't have that as a part of their life to transform to a different person, the type of person that does have that 
as a part of their life. And, and only Sarah will know truly what that means for her and for her audience as well. But yeah, we, between Tim and myself, we must use the word transformation, you know, dozens of times. And uh, it was really interesting that he brought that up. I didn't realize that was kind of part of his, part of his whole, really his whole story with his, with his main course is that what makes it a new opportunity is the transformation. Because mm -hmm. I've been thinking a lot about what you said a couple of weeks ago, like our show needs a tagline or whatever. And I think, what was it that you had proposed initially? Like, I think it was teach was, the world. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of like a last little part. So until next time, get out there and TTWRYD. Teach the world, reach your dreams. And reach your dreams. But yeah, my wife and I were saying that together last night. Teach so. the world can mean so many things, right? And that's why it could get it could be better to get a little more granular because um because in what we do here, transformation does trump information. And that's mm -hmm. that has been something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And and maybe more people than I realize have that like tagline or slogan already. But when we put together an online course, it needs to be more than just information. It needs to be more than just a collection of lessons. It needs to be, it needs to be something, an avenue for people to actually transform from, from one type of person to a different type of person. Or, or what's the point, really, um, other, than, other than just trying to make a quick buck? But if you're in it for, for the right reasons, then you should be focused on transformation. So that's why that concept of, you know, I like to simplify what Tim said. And just say very simply, transformation over information, right? So we could do transformation over information. What was the last part? Uh, Live your dreams. Your dreams. Reach your dreams. Yeah. T O I R Y D. Torrid. <laughs> <laughs> you like using the individual letters anyway. So it'll be, it'll still be a work in progress, but I think that's an important part of, of the message that I'm trying to convey overall is like, Let's set up an online course business the right way. Let's not just be in it for passive income. Not, let's not just put up you know, the, a collection of lessons without any interaction, without a group, without a community. Let's set up a full encompassing program that's as good as it can be, you, keeping in mind that the first version is not going to be as good as the second version, as good as the third version. You know, I'm about to release the sixth version of mine, and oh my goodness, you should have seen the first version. But it allowed me to do even better at creating the second version and so on. So if you could take one thing out of this episode, I think it would be that word transformation and, sure. and think about that from your own perspective and then from your students' perspective as well. Definitely. What else is on your list, man? Yeah, well, I mean, that leads right into he, he wanted his, uh, his course members to have a tangible result that they were working toward, which was getting awards, which, you know, so cool that people get to share their awards and be proud of it. Um, then you were saying that, uh, you know, I've been harassing you for a while that the tangible result is playing for others. And so I was thinking, um, you know, I mean, I, I definitely think that's the biggest just overall tangible result for your piano in 21 days. Um, but the other thing I was like, you know, playing playing a musical instrument is a great way to impress the opposite sex. And so I was going to ask you a question. Um, was playing a piano a part of woo wooing your wife or did that, did that like when you were a teenager, were you like, this is an effective strategy to kind of like drop a girl's jaw? <laughs> well, you know, I've played piano pretty much my whole life. And one of my first girlfriends back in high school, it was funny because she actually played piano too. So it was a little frustrating because she wasn't very impressed by what I could do because she could kind of do it as well. 
And so once, you know, w- once, you know, my next girlfriend or two, um, who didn't actually play piano, you know, they could appreciate it more. I was like, ah, oh, all right, look at this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think, I think my wife uh, appreciated that. And she's not, she's not a musical person. She has many talents, but, but that's not one of them, not something she's ever been interested in. But yeah, certainly, certainly enjoy playing for my wife and for my kids. And I think the, the less musical you are, the more, the more you appreciate things like that, just like with anything else. Like I'm not, you know, I, I don't know much about posture or chiropractics, like, but I'm very impressed by what you're, what you're able to do. Yeah. Well, the groupie effect is very real. I mean, uh, one of my best friends during high school, his name was Matt, but he comes from this family of musical geniuses, but he didn't want to like study and learn, but he basically memorized uh, the theme song to Chariots of Fire. And then he, t- he knew two songs that you might know. It was the song Emily and the song Friends, like Friends are Friends Forever by Michael W. Smith. And he had those perfect. And they had a grand piano at his house. And anytime he was interested in a girl, it was like, <laughs> how quickly can he get this girl over? And he plays three songs. And, uh, and I saw it. It was effective. And so um, during college, I started teaching myself guitar. And uh, yeah, kind of the same thing. My buddy Matt and I, well, a different uh, Matt that owns a Dairy Queen. So we call him Dairy Queen, Matt. <laughs> but, <laughs> so Dairy Queen, Matt and I, we would like have a group of people over and we'd play just portions of songs. It was kind of like name that tune. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I like to think, I like to think that it was pretty impressive to the girls. That might've been the Keystone light talking or uh, giving, me, <laughs> giving me the impression that they were interested, but, uh, it seemed pretty effective. So, so what did you think of my recital idea though? I love it. I love it. I, I and think I think that's... he was right that like you, you got to get the video submitted mm, and then yeah. uh, do the awards just to keep it. I mean, people so little patience, so yeah, you want to keep the thing moving. I don't know about the awards thing because like I don't want to. I don't want people to be super disappointed if they didn't get the award. If they felt like they should have gotten it and then didn't get it, and it's a different it's a different thing than than photography because, in, in my opinion, because not many people, not many of my students aspire to win any sort of awards. They're not going to be submitting any of their stuff. To, to something to where they could win an award. I just want it to be an outlet for people to be able to play in front of a group of people. And that's it. I think that's good enough. It sounds like maybe you disagree. Well, what Tim highlighted is that there's that anticip- anticipation that comes with knowing, like not knowing if you're going to win the competition, so to speak. And so that would draw more viewers. Like, mm. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're viewing this as a service to your students he's out there selling products. Well, you're, you're selling courses first and foremost. How do you get as many people, uh, to stick around for that? Um, the, the couple quick lessons that you teach people and the, the, the value stack and, and the sales. And so you want, you want people being like, Oh, who's going to win. So that part of it makes it more, it's just more compelling viewing. Okay. Well, here's the deal. You have to be the judge. Yeah, I'll be a judge. <laughs> okay, so we'll get all the submissions. We'll have ten songs, and then you've got to you've got to pick the uh, the award winners. That way, when somebody comes to me, it's like, "Shock! I worked so hard. Like it was a struggle for me to be on video. Like, why didn't mm-hmm. I win?" I was like, "Look, it's I'm out of it. Talk to Dr. K. It's not me." <laughs> yeah, and his his uh his take on webinars was brilliant too. I mean, he called it a webinar sandwich, and that would be a, a live presentation, then playing something that's pre recorded. And then actually teaching a couple valuable things that were a part of the the pre-recorded part, and then going straight into a, a course sales thing. I love that, and it sounds like it's clearly effective. Yep. 
Lots of good takeaways, man. Really, just really enjoyed enjoyed it. Do you have anything else on your list? Well, you know, for years, I know that you've been you've had that goal of the four hour work week. So I knew that some alarm bells were going off in your head when he said that Fernando motivates him to sit there next to Fernando from nine to five on Monday through Friday. So you're now hiring a team and trying to, um, you know, enter a more productive time period. But what do you want your weekly schedule to look like? Here's what I want. I want that too. I want to be able to work full weeks, eight hours a day, five days a week when the time calls for it, which is going to be most of the time. Mm -hmm. But when I want to unplug for five weeks or two weeks, I want to be able to do that as well. Right. So what I've, what I've settled on is I don't necessarily want to work a consistent amount of short hours. I want to work, you know, full time, Mm -hmm. like, like most people on the planet do, but then be able to, to take off and completely unplug from, from the business. Kind of like what Mike McCallowitz says to do in clockwork. So mm-hmm. ultimately, that's my goal. I thought, you know, when I first read Four Hour Work Week back in 2008, I thought the idea of only working four hours per week and then having, like, having fun and doing your hobbies the rest of the time was pretty appealing. But as it turns out, like, there's not much more I like to do than this. Mm-hmm. Right. So if, if it were a business where I was just in it for the money, it was just a niche I found that like like Tim with the, you know, the leggings or whatever. Like if, if mm-hmm. that just worked, okay, yeah, I'm gonna try even harder to automate and outsource and work as little as possible on it. But because I like the two brands that I've set up so much, I can't imagine consistently working so little on either one. Mm-hmm. Now, with this most recent hire, um, I actually was prepared for you to say that you had hired somebody in your town, which would kind of give you potentially that same synergy as uh, as Tim and Fernando, um, where they're sitting next to each other and like they can bounce ideas off each other and brainstorm. Um, with your new hire, are you going to have like a Slack channel open or is there any way that you can create that same type of uh, synergy? Well, that's that's a fair point. But when you open your your job up to essentially the world, your talent pool grows uh, almost exponentially in the amount of uh, qualified people that are able to work for you. You know, none of the people, none of the fifteen people that applied were in my hometown and or in my state. So that's that's one of my motivations there um, in, in in doing it the way I did it. But but I also see what you're saying. But that's why we have like Slack. Right. Mm -hmm. We, we, all the, the whole team is in Slack and Colleen's in there now and she's in all the channels because she's, she handles operations. But, you know, just to give an example of one thing she did, she did unsolicited. She certainly asked for my like approval, but she created the, the Team Jacques channel in Slack. And now that's like central place that people can actually interact with each other. Mm. Because up until this point, I would work directly with my video editor. And he didn't really know about the graphic designer who I worked directly with and, or the, uh, you know, my podcast editor, Glenn. Um, everybody's just has a one-on-one relationship with me. And mm-hmm. so now we are all kind of a part of a team and we have that channel and Colleen posts in there pretty much every day. She'll post like, you know, today is, you know, national whatever day or, you know, she, she'll post like, icebreaker team building type stuff in there and people are actually interacting with each other for the first time which is really mm-hmm. really cool so there's that and then of course we 
you know, we can meet on Zoom. So, um, and, you know, with COVID and everything, you know, who knows when, when this is going to end. Wow. It's like, even if she were in my hometown, this is probably how we would be operating right now anyway. Yeah, that's a fair point right now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the world is figuring out how to work remotely. That's for sure. Yes. Um, kind of my last point uh, or discussion point was just uh, you, you chatted a bit about how you have that hand coordination course that mm. um, you had it. I, did you outsource that one and have somebody yes. else do that one? Yes, I did. And you never charged for it. No. And so he talked about charging $47 for his uh, uh, image sharpness course. And it sounded like you were like, kind of like, yeah, maybe I should be charging separately for that one. No, uh, I I was curious to hear his perspective on why he even did charge it. I'm not I'm definitely not considering charging for it because it's the same same exact type of person needs that as needs my main course. And I'm also a huge fan of simplicity. Sometimes even if it makes you a little bit less money, it's better to have things overall simpler because there's just less moving parts. Mm-hmm. It's it's it takes less of your time. So at the end of the day, it might make you more money if that's the case. So if you go to Tim's website, like I was doing while I was talking to him, there's the masterclass you can opt in for, but then there's also several things you can purchase. And I'm not saying that's wrong because that's obviously mm-hmm. working for him, but I would rather bundle everything up and just have one really compelling offer, which is essentially how I do it. And I think that that allows you to serve your customers even more. So it was, it was an interesting discussion because I saw the similarities between what he was doing with the sharpness course versus my hand coordination course. But then we, we we executed it similarly, but then then gave our students the option of getting it in a in a much different way. Is a hand coordination course that's a se- second twenty one days? Is that no? That's not a twenty one day course. That is a that's probably a ninety minute course. It's more of a mini course uh, for me okay. compared to my main offering, and gotcha. it's it's something that most people struggle with. And it's it's a, so it's an optional course. It's like if it. If at any point during the course you're struggling with this topic, jump over there, do that course, then come back to where you left off. And I think that's kind of how Tim's works too. Is like, okay, look, if you're if you're struggling with sharp sharpening your images at any point here, like jump over here and we can work on sharpening your images. Now come back and, and we can finish up the course. What's the course called? It's like the second 21 days. That's different. That's a totally different thing. That's called melody and ear training in 21 days, which is not necessarily somebody something people were struggling with. It's something people wanted to do once they finished mm-hmm. the first course. So and is that only with, included in the highest end package or how is that one? Yeah, that's, I only include that in the highest end package, but I'm, you know, right now I've got three different tiers of pricing mm-hmm. and I'm really, you know, with this relaunch, another thing I'm considering doing is, is dropping the bottom two and mm-hmm. just having one offer. And I just, cause the reason is, is because ultimately, I mean, as you know, Decisions like this, I look through the lens of student success, right? Mm-hmm. What's best for the student and ultimately their success and transformation? When people sign up for my ultimate package at 497, they are far more engaged. They ask far more questions, uh, like good questions, not like nuisance questions. Um, they attend the Q&As more. I mean, you just look at this piano boot camp. I emailed out everybody that had ever purchased my course, mm-hmm. no matter which level, Okay. And asked them to apply. And we did down, we did down. I was just looking at it yesterday. All eight of my bootcamp participants are ultimate package. Right? Right. That just blew my mind. Because I was like, oh, yeah, they, these, they, of course, they're all ultimate. 
because Ultimate is my most motivated, most committed student. And so I'm worried that I'm actually doing a disservice by offering a $97 package with just the workbook um, because people feel like they can just solve a problem by spending $97 and maybe not necessarily doing the work. That's not as effective of learning as the videos and everything. So this is a little bit of a tangent, but no, it's um, interesting. What what yeah. is in the two ninety seven package? Then I I do agree a hundred percent. You should take out the ninety seven. Okay, yeah. For ninety seven dollars, they get the the whole curriculum, the piano in twenty one days curriculum in a in a PDF, a workbook. Mm-hmm. For two ninety seven, you get that plus the video, the main video course. For four ninety seven, you get the video course, the workbook, plus like 10 extra things. Mm. You get the hand coordination course, you get the um, melody and ear training, you get the interaction, you get the Facebook group, you get the you know weekly live Q&As um, and, and some other bonus courses. You get everything in the ultimate package. And that's why that's, you know, at this point, about 80% of people are signing up for the ultimate package. I haven't always even offered that. So I still have, it's not like 80, 20% like, have ever done that because the ultimate package mm-hmm. has only existed for about two years. So uh, does that answer your question? It does. The one thing that I've been thinking as we're talking about, like what is the value of the community? If you were to create a new set of packages, um, if you if you really feel like there's this group of people that the community is so much value, you could have like a mid-tier package that has like one year of the community. And then for an extra certain amount, they get lifetime lifetime membership in the community where you would say otherwise with the mid-level package, they get a year for free and then it goes to like 10 bucks a month or whatever it would be. Um, so I don't know. That's something that as we've been talking about, what's that value of the community? Again, I pay $100 a month to be a part of a community. And so um, I don't know. As you're As you're thinking about rearranging your packages, that's something to consider. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. And when, when I'm going to relaunch something like this, it's not as simple as just re-recording the main, the main course. There's so many parts of this that I'm factoring in. Yes, I'm, I'm re-recording the course, but I'm also making sure it's the most dialed-in curriculum I can have. I want, I'm going to reevaluate all my bonuses and make sure those should all be there. I'm going to reevaluate the course platform, where they should exist, the community, where that should exist, the pricing, you know, mm-hmm. all of this is fair game for this relaunch. So it's 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 a multi month huge effort for me and the team. But this is this is just one of many things that I'm thinking about right now for sure. <laughs> yeah, I could tell. <laughs> oh man, this is a good one. I think I think that's that's kind of your main takeaways. Was there anything else? No, that's it. Yeah, I loved I loved this one. I love this one a lot, um, and it, and it sounds like you got a lot out of it too. So hopefully the listeners feel the same way. And uh, thanks again to Tim for coming on, finally getting this done, and for for sharing such you know valuable information. Um, he clearly has a passion for this. You know, we aligned very well with the with the idea of you know let's do what's best for the student. Let's genuinely try to help them and transform transform them. Um, and that's really cool. And I hope to get him back on the podcast. Uh, in the future. And, and he's, you know, kind of doing what I did. And he's, he's transitioning to, to help people with online, not maybe not specifically on the courses, but online business. Um, and, and that's interesting as well. I think it was laptoplife.com, which, you know, back in February, he told me that he had purchased that domain just in case one day he wanted to get into this, but it's very clear that he's passionate about this. Um, you know, not unlike Jono from a, from a couple of weeks ago, who's, who's kind of doing this right now as well. And, 
know, people out there listening, you just kind of have to find a guru, a mentor that you, you admire, respect, you know, you kind of want to be where they are, um, in, in a couple of years. And so the more people that are doing that gives you more options to be able to do that. You know, maybe, maybe I'm not the perfect fit for you to, to, to mentor you and be your guru as far as online courses goes, but maybe Jono is, or maybe Tim is, or maybe, you know, Dan Henry or Russell Brunson or whoever that is for you is, but there's more and more options out there for that. Um, so once again, thanks for Tim for coming on, uh, Dr. K thanks for joining me here for another episode and, uh, and we'll, we'll go ahead and put a bow on this one. So this was 148 episode 148 of the online course show. So the show notes and links from today's episode will be at oc.show slash 148. And for all the other online course resources that I have to offer for you, programs, tools that I recommend, and so on, just head on over to the onlinecourseguy.com. So until next time, David, you still with me? Oh, yeah. Get Transformation. No, 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 no. I, no, I no, have no. that written down. Transformation over Transformation information. over information. Reach your dreams. Reach your dreams. T-O-I-R-Y-D. We got work to do, man. We got work All to right. do. All right. We're taking, we'll take some uh, Facebook group member suggestions as well. There we go. Catch everyone next week. Record, bye-bye. You have to record yourself saying it though. I'm trying to wrap up here, David. Tell the audience bye. All right. We'll see you. Bye guys. Bye.